Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 102, which is Uncut Gems, directed by the Safdie brothers in 2019 and starring Adam Sandler, a fantastic film, uh, which honestly, I was a little reluctant to see because you guys may remember back in 2019, we did uh, Good Time, which was also directed by the Safdie brothers, one of their first films. And I was not necessarily a fan of Good Time and I was, didn't sort of know what to expect with Uncut Gems, but I was very excited to see it. Really cool stuff, super important film. Uh, almost I wish they made more films like this uh, because I think these are sort of reminiscent of some of the cool stuff they used to do in the 70s. I'm not saying it's a 70s film, I'm just saying that it was exciting the way that 70s films used to be. Uh, and I think that this is really interesting that they did that. Anyway, so lots of cool stuff to discuss and I'm very happy about that. But a couple of announcements. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, welcome. Thank you for joining us on YouTube. If you'd like to see us on YouTube, just go to youtube.com and just look up Martini Giant. We don't have a specific URL for it just yet. Uh, we're going to work on that in a little bit, but go check this out. And if you do uh, check us out on YouTube, please subscribe. We'd like to have you subs uh, just to subscribe so you guys get notifications when we are there and like this, like this, uh, this, uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, but uh, you may be asking if you're on YouTube, how come you only have three episodes and it starts with 100? That's because we only started making videos of these uh, as of the 100th episode. So it's a new system, something we decided to do special for the 100th episode, and we're excited about that. A uh, couple of new things we'd like to do, as you guys may know, we record these all on Twitch, which is twitch.com slash martini underscore giant. If you'd like to join us on Twitch, we'd love to have you there. But we realize that not everyone is at the same time zone that would make that possible. Uh, and we do we have used Twitch uh, to raise money for Martini Giant, uh, but uh, we have decided that maybe it's better to start a Patreon page uh, for that. And if you guys would like to support us and you're big uh, Martini Giant fans, please support us on Patreon. We'd love to have your support. Uh, pretty easy. Just go to patreon.com slash Martini Giant, all one word for Martini Giant. Again, that is patreon.com slash Martini Giant and we would love to have your support. If you do decide to support us, uh, you can be part of uh, an exclusive section of our Discord. And if you'd like to know where our Discord is, there's a QR code right here on the YouTube page uh, to see. Go check that out. Uh, and you'd be able to uh, click on that and join our Discord. And then of course, if you're a Patreon subscriber uh, or supporter, uh, you will get uh, access to a special section, which is for our subscribers only, uh, which is really cool. Sort of kind of an elite club, but love to have you day, be part of that on our Discord and also have you as a Patreon supporter. Uh, but for now, please enjoy episode number 102, which is Uncut Gems. A couple things. Uh, we have uh, revamped our... Uh, our website, not website, we've re revamped our stream, so it's actually the layout on the stream, it's pretty cool. And if you're not able to see it on Twitch, well, you can see it on our YouTube, because now we're going to be putting up YouTubes of all of our shows. Pretty exciting. That's going to be very exciting. Exciting to have that. But because we started to do these YouTubes, I said, hey, let's get fancier layouts. And so I've changed the layout of how we're doing our talk, and that's like, because I'm able to utilize the NVIDIA broadcast uh, plug-in in OBS, which mm -hmm. is working beautifully right now, to be able to get that in there. So, very exciting. We can see every pore on my forehead. I'm very excited about this. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's right. It happens. That's They're right. there. It's all beauty. 
Yeah, I put you in the center because I figured that skinny guy in the center just looks like I would get crushed. Yeah, no. you're talking about me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you're talking about yourself. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so uh, today's movie is you know we do a lot of old movies. Today is a much more current movie, and also a movie that's not necessarily appreciated or seen as often, uh, which is Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems by the Softy Brothers. Softy, mm-hmm. Softy, Safty, Safty. I, I don't know. I've been saying Safty until they correct this by coming on the show. Softy, they're Safty. Yeah. Big old safties. Big old safties. Yeah, these are uh, these filmmakers. Uh, the Satchel Brothers um, uh, were, uh, I don't know if they were discovered by Scorsese, but he was a big booster of theirs. Yeah, and, I think uh, he produced the film too. And I believe he ended up producing the picture. Yeah, because Which one? This one? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, and maybe the one previous to this too. Like, they, like he really, really believes in these guys, and it, it, uh, it shows. I would say that they are as close to, I would say, Perfect. yeah, it's just like, they they are the heir to Scorsese of 1973. Yes, they are. I would yeah. say that's pretty uh, accurate, except very different. Yeah, like, no. I, think that, I think that they no, are, there's, gone, something, they're a, there's something, there's something very, path. very, yes. They're, well, they're they have, they're, entirely different path. But they're more visually strong right. than, than um, here's the thing, they're more visually strong as Scorsese, but they mm-hmm. still cover the tonality of people. I'm not talking like I'm using a movie reviewer, but the tonality of people in New York with mm-hmm. dead on precision that you feel like you're there. The yeah. things that they aren't good at where Scorsese was really good because of Robbie Robertson was music. Their music drop, it, needle drops or whatever they say, the music is not as, as in, like dead on as their characters. But they're the same as Scorsese. So I, it's interesting because I, similar to, similar to, uh, uh, what am I, uh, Good Time. Mm-hmm. Their music is is it takes either some getting used to, or you just don't like it. I don't like it. But I it doesn't it. engage you in the scene. I don't. Yeah, I'm not saying is, this is bad, I, but, but I think it is. Like, I think it's very much. It's a very much a style that they're that they're going for. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm a. I'm a giant, giant fan of the music they use. However, it is not used for the same. It is not used in the same way that Scorsese uses music. That's it's true. Different, okay. It's a so, different. It's a different kind of effect. And it's not needle drops either. Yeah, that's it's, what it's, 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 it's like. Oh, it's, no. a, it's a. It's a. It's a tone sculpting mood stuff that's happening. Right. Like it's not it's like he, it's and so it's, much it, it, in the background, all, almost all, all louder than the dialogue. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like this, uh, and it's and it's largely like it's uh, it creates instead of like this Scorsese seventies, it creates sort of like a mid eighties uh, new wave sound, which is uh, very very different. And it's, and it, it goes have, with the it, night it, and, the, and and the color range. Yeah, yeah. If I really, sound too obscure, but right. that's it. But yes, yeah, Scorsese did needle drops. You remember. Yep. What is life from all things must pass with the with George Harrison mm-hmm. in like Goodfellas? Do 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 that. Yep, right. Just drops right in, or yep. like Stones in mm-hmm. um, Casino with Nikki yep. Blue. You know, yep. you know, can't Layla. you hear me knocking? Yeah, can't exactly. you hear me knocking? Where they're right. doing the jewelry store stuff. Right. Awesome. But yep. these guys are man. It's like watching Get Carter if I was around enough. Well, it's, I think it's really what you what you pointed out. Well, the first point you made is is something I hadn't thought of, which is like the like Scorsese isn't 
and obviously he's one of the great American filmmakers, period. But like, he isn't so much a uh, world building director, right? Like, he's not like he's there for the immediate opera of the story of a few characters, right? And these guys uh, are so into the richness of the environment. Like, it's almost a different movie happening behind the characters. Like, there's the character you're following, in this case, Sandler, uh, and his immediate circle, right? But it's, you feel like he's in this extremely dense, overwhelming world. Whereas, Have you been to the okay. Diamond District? Well, yes. This is what, this is what, this is what I'm saying, right? It, like, it, 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 yeah, creates, still... it, creates, it creates an environment and a world that uh, like, is on a different level than what most filmmakers can. Yeah, but create. Scorsese, it's the same as Goodfellas. He captures that world through just the characters and mm-hmm. by bringing in these accurate characters. Yeah. And I, I, would rival, I would say that, that this movie is much more real than even Goodfellas. Well, the characters no, are. It's not because Goodfellas was recreated in time in the '60s. So if you were there in the '60s and '70s, you would say, "Holy Christ, did they nail that character? All those characters, the way they wore their clothes and everything." It's oh just, yeah, it's a, more sure. of a newer thing. I, I but think the that... thing about it is, though, he's mm-hmm. everyone is real, and even the guys that were the henchmen or the kind of yes. the rough guys for Bogosian, holy moly, those guys were like. Oh, that's true. That's the first yeah, film. Yeah. That's the, so the hitman guy or the, the, the guy? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Jesus, was he? He looks like Tim Miller's grandfather. Yeah, I think that, like, I get, and let me know if this is what you're uh, getting at, Chris. It's like, because I, I agree that, like, Goodfellas isn't the same sort of level of reality. And I don't mean that as a critique against Goodfellas. Goodfellas I is, don't either. Like, Goodfellas is more, um, like, it's. It's blending. It's a romanticized, it's a romanticized of vision of the past, and like the characters are slightly larger than life, and they're more like old, um, like nineteen forties okay, so movie characters. Let's compare it to. Let's compare it to, say, not Taxi Driver, but Mean Streets. Mean Streets. This is, is Mean yes. Streets. Yeah, this is Mean Streets for this sure. This is 100%. Mean Streets. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. The because world like, is uh, right, is captured, right. and everything about it. It's uh, very visceral and very immediate. This, yeah, and yeah. tense. And it's all real, and he picks up from the world, and he puts it right in. Yeah, absolutely true. Because I feel guys like there's, are there's great American filmmakers. I think it's awesome. I, have you and, seen their, their other stuff? Have you seen them? Yes. Yeah, like they're, they're really they've been good pretty much out Man, of the gate. Yeah, they good for, right out of the yeah. They're yeah. amazing, and but, I think they are the great American. And I wish we had more movies like that. And it kind of makes me, you know, with the movie we're writing together, the short, all of us. It's like, well, wait a minute. I mean, these guys are dead on. It's so great. And I was so tense the whole time. And I've seen it before and before, mm-hmm. a bunch yeah. of times. Right. I still was like, holy Christ. I'm yeah, it's an extraordinarily time. well-made movie. I mean, it's, it's really like, uh, I know my, oh, oh, I'm going to jump. I'm going to uh, uh, bury the don't lead jump. right now. You don't need I, to move. I'm going to bury the lead right now. Oh. I, I, I still, like, I think that good, this is their best made movie, their densest yes. movie. Everything in it is incredibly well-fashioned. Uh, and it's an A plus across the board. That said, I still like Good Time more. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> like, I like so, Good Time substantially less. Right. No, and I know that that's where we're going. So before we less. before we go there, I just want to set that up. Like that is the like I I want to tr- part of what I want to have in this conversation is what is it about Good Time that I'm reacting to 
even more than I am here. Because, because the protagonist I, because they're, they're, is more of a, a, not a loner, but more like, like, a, like a, there was an, a, an isolated strength to his character, like an artist would be. And I think that's mm-hmm. what you're identifying with. Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah. And it's not, but there's a, there's a, there's an extreme dangerousness that I experience in good time, like in every single scene where I like, it's a movie, the kind of movie where Pattinson might have been killed in the middle of the movie and the movie would keep going. And I would have been like, okay, I guess that's happening. Like, it feels like such an unhinged experimental ride that I feel like that is, it's very attractive to me that I felt in danger. And even rewatching it, I felt like this is so live wire. I don't know what to expect literally at all. Whereas with Uncut Gems, and this is not a criticism, like Uncut Gems, can't, like, it can only happen exactly the way that it happens. It's a flawless example of itself. Like, there's no way for it to change anything in it without it being, uh, without it lessening the other parts. Like, it's a perfect film. And Good Time is not as good uh, in, in any filmmaking way. I agree. Nope. But, but there is, uh, but there is a instability to it that uh, I, I was just like, I don't know if you can make, if you made good time better, you make it worse. It's really weird. I was less like, this is really weird. Like, I can't imagine polishing this movie and having it work the way that it works for me. Okay. I'm, okay. So, so does so, that make sense? I don't know. It's crazy. No, I'm trying to make sense. No, it doesn't it. make sense, but I'll tell you what, what makes sense to me <laughs> is that compared to like, I, Patterson's character is a bad person and he's an annoying person and I don't have any sympathy for him at all. You, may, may I suggest Hold on, you, no. I, I, no, I'm just, no, oh, no, 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 I'm not on a 15 minute no, no, I'm asking, I'm asking a question. <laughs> I'm asking, I have a question. I just have a question. It's only a question for you. I'm not saying. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, which bothers you more? The fact that he's a bad person or the fact that he's a complete moron? In which movie? In good time. Oh, both. They're both like it's just annoying, mm-hmm. right? I don't know why I'm following this guy around. There is no empathy. Now, at the same time, we have exactly the same problem mm-hmm. <laughs> with Adam Sandler. But because of the narrative of his story and because everything that's going on, you follow him around and you gain this odd empathy for him that I had mm-hmm. no empathy at all for Patterson. That's interesting because I, th- I think so that none. I had none. I, and I, for, but for, for Sandler, suddenly I'm like, uh, why am I trying to m- see this guy succeed? And I still want to see him succeed. And I think it's because of all the people around him, right? Well, Inclu- what's at like, stakes? The stakes are there. The stakes, the stakes are there. For right. time and the so, father, so for me, stakes- for me, it's, it's he's the classic tragic hero, right? Sandler is the tragic hero. It's like the it's like he's a an addict. He's addicted to. What well, I understand, but I'm just talking about like. He's a fallen from a kingdom, right? right? He's got he's got all of this uh, these situations. Everything is going wrong. People have failed and betrayed him all around him, right? And he's betrayed and failed everyone else. And so suddenly, like, there's this strength to it. And I think it's it's not just the it's the writing of the character and also the acting. I think Sandler was superior in acting in that role than 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 Pearson was the other one. Uh, but uh, that's basically you know where where I think. The problem is, and so I do not think you make one film without making the other. I agree that one needs to happen before the other. I think it's really amazing that I had such a 
I still stand by my decision. I think it was amazing that I had such a bad time with good time, right? Oh, yeah. But, I, mean, I, can't, I mean, I'm never, never going to try to argue someone into liking no, something I, that they don't like. I'm just curious but, as to what the mechanism is. But it's somehow, I was like, so I was very reluctant to see Uncut Gems. But I, at the same time, I was intrigued because I've always thought Sandler in dramatic roles is an interesting, does an interesting job. Oh, I, think, I love Punch Drunk I, Love. Oh, yeah. I think that Sam, Sandler is, he's only one in five amazing, but that one in five is incredible. Oh, come on. Like, he's I don't like, even like his, I, his comedy. Never liked him as a comedian. I, yeah, like, I think, he is a great American actor. He's a great, he's a great actor. He's just a great actor. And like, he's like, I, uh, I'm not a huge fan of his comedies. I think they're okay. No, uh, I, 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 any of them. the interviews I see with the guy, he seems like a nice guy. And so I'm like, I'm favorable, favorably disposed, disposed towards him where I'm like, I'm not angry that he makes shitty movies and lots of money. That's fine. You can just do that. I would do the same thing if I could. It's fine. Um, but I do think that it's, it's too bad that he doesn't, it's too bad for us that he doesn't invest in his brilliance uh in, in as being an actor i as, think it's very tiring as, i'm sure it is i mean he can do whatever he wants i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say he shouldn't be doing it i mean like that's for him to decide live your live your life live your best life but i mean like for for us i'm like oh my god it's like it's like he goes it's like daniel day lewis he like he goes off to italy and makes shoes for 10 years and then comes back and makes makes a movie and only adam sandler's like i'm gonna make like these 20 shitty you know, David Spade comedies. And then I'll come back and win the Academy Award and be nominated again. And I'm just like, oh God. He, he never was nominated he for it. He's yeah, he's yeah, he's never nominated. He's incredibly good. Incredibly good. He was so good. Yeah. He was never nominated. Yeah. But yeah, he's uh, he is tremendous in this. I so agree you that didn't he like is. Pixels. <laughs> I didn't I'm not gonna see Pixels. <laughs> like, I, that, I was hate a, that. that was an Eric chat. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, I'm probably not going to be seeing Pixels. I'm sure Pixels is great. It's. It's got an audience. Yeah, but uh, like, and I don't like. I don't mean to be like uh, blow off arrogant about it. But like, if I'm going to compare, you know, Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love to Adam Sandler in Little Necky, like Punch Drunk Love is a better movie and he's a better actor. <laughs> like that's the way that works. Yeah, but you know what? There's a time and a place for Little Nicky. Absolutely. But, if, but for me, it's like, if you're going to go to that, if you're going to be on, in that style of film, then, of then go to, um, uh, happy Gilmore, which is fucking hysterically funny. Sure. Uh, like that's, that's a true, that's a great film. You know, like is really, really dumb. And that's sometimes a really, really dumb film is all yeah, I need. I'm totally all about for it. Me, yeah. I've watched all sorts of movies is something like uncut gems. Just kick back. Enjoy the day. And just, just chill out. Really, just chill out. Just, yeah. You know what? It really decompresses me. <laughs> Uncut gems. Uh, I, that or maybe lighting myself on fire with kerosene and running screaming naked down the street. Right. Similar feelings. But yeah, like uh, I would say, like, I. You no, know, it's, it's the, just sit back, you know, yeah. get in a tub and watch a reversible. Mm. <laughs> nice glass of wine. Set <laughs> yourself down for a 10 minute popcorn. <laughs> watch a guy get his head bashed in with a fire extinguisher. That's such a cool scene, though. That's a it. that's a brilliant technical effect. Too. Yeah, it was just like it that's is. really that's really it's great. It's just thing. amazing. Yeah, like I, I'm not. I'm it was not, so like, disturbing that you have yeah. to be like, wow, that's great. Like I think that like I'm I'm sort of on and off about Gaspar anyway. Like I did not like his new movie in even three seconds of his new movie were What's too much for me. Movie? It's the one where there's uh, there's drugs in the in the in the in the punch bowl at a party and everyone goes bananas and kills each other. And it's, Ooh, uh, it's, I gotta see it's a, it's a, da- and everyone's dancing and I'm just like, it's, 
you know, it's, it's all that, the things I don't like about Gaspar Noé movies and the second movie. So I did, I did not try it. But that said, I love that uh, when I went to not a, hey, here's the story. When I went to undergrad, if you mm. can believe that, I was like the art dude, and I joined this. You were the art dude? No way. I was going to say football. <laughs> I joined this fraternity, which was a football fraternity. Yes. And it was an alpha Yes, you joined the Fijis. By nice. Gamma Delta, dude. It was the alpha chapter. So it actually started there in the 1860s. Cool old <sighs> building. There was a building down the street from us that was a fraternity house, but they shut it down because in 1971, they had a party for students and faculty and they put acid in the punch. Mm, mm. So everybody. <laughs> There you go. So, headmaster, everything. Quickly shut down a week yeah, later. That's the end of that. <laughs> uh, but when you brought the punch bowl thing up, it was like, God, <laughs> ass the punch bowl. That was literally it, everyone was, yeah, it was the 70s, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, about freedom. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, Gaspar, Gaspar Noe, like the tip top Gaspar Noe stuff for me is, uh, is Enter the Void, which I think is really, truly beautiful. Cool. Brilliant, brilliant film. I mean, like, that's the most, like, technically together and spiritually honest movie that he has made in my opinion um, i love that movie yeah i think it's incredibly brilliant and uh and and like irreversible i i think is a little bit less honest but it is incredibly well made like a, it's like it's a stunty movie and they use sort of weird shit to do stunts with but it's like it's still really really well made none of those things end up in his new movie which is this was so, not very watchable. Do you like? Is it Olivia Wilde's movies? I like. I uh, love Booksmart. Booksmart's a brilliant film. She's got a new movie. I want to see that, but I also want to explore the movies of Tom Ford more. Oh, I love Tom Ford. Tom Ford's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, what's the, what's the one with um uh, uh uh from? You mean the movie he made called Pilots Dare to Dream? Pilots Dare to Dream too. Uh, yeah. it was fantastic. No, the um, uh, the one with Bridget Jones's Diary guy. What's his name? Oh God, what's his name? Grant. Love Hugh. Ac- Love actually. Hugh. Grant. No, no, not Hugh Grant. He's the other Colin term. Firth. Uh, Colin Firth. Yeah, his movie. I always Colin get it. I always say Colin Firth, Firth or Karen Farrell. I get the most. The yeah. very different actors, <laughs> yes, but the exactly. names are close enough that I was it's like, true. which one's which? <laughs> uh, Colin Colin Firth. Uh, is terrific in in uh, in Tom Ford's movie, which I can't think of the name of. Which is the, this is the way my brain's working this weekend. Is like, let's just not give you any names or titles and go talk about movies. <laughs> right, movie well, let's, get on, let's get on to the movie that we were talking about. Mm. 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 Right. So yes, right. I, I with with this movie, I think that there's a like, like I think it's really interesting that yeah that. Uh, let's see. Like I think of Sandler's character as much of a as he's to me even more of an an idiot than Pattinson is because well, he's an addict because he is smart and Pattinson's not smart. Pattinson is a dumbass in Good Time. And there's and, no way he is ever going to be right. smart. He will always be making these mistakes. And he's a narcissist. This dude is a narcissist who is extremely smart and still he's an addict. He's everything just, up. That's why I think he's a more interesting character because you 
you gain the sympathy and you have almost empathy for him because you right. has, have made mistakes. Oh, I have, ma- I have made, I have made, maybe this is it. I have made Robert Pattinson level mistakes. Like I'm, I am a true moron. And so when I watch good time, I'm like, yes, yes, I have been this shamed. Yes. I have made mistakes like this. And so I feel bad for this dude, even though he's a spastic, narcissistic, complete jerk off and who abuses everyone he knows except for his brother. And then the reason why I like, I can have sympathy for him is because of his brother. The reason why I can have empathy for him is because I'm as dumb as he is easily a hundred times. Over. That's interesting. But the, uh, but with, 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 uh, uh, like, I still absolutely agree with you. Like I empathize entirely with, uh, with, uh, uh, uncut gems. Like I'm, I'm with him the whole time, but like, I'm uh, like every time he makes a bad decision, I'm just like, dude, <laughs> you have the brain to not do this and you still give in. And I think what's wonderful, like when, what's wonderful is like when he wins the first big bet of the movie, it's like the first few scenes and his reaction to winning when you say addict like his reaction to winning is literally orgasmic <laughs> like he is th- that much when they make it very clear he is that much of an addict where he's like he is like li- he can't even move he's just like f- he is completely overwhelmed by the the release of brain chemicals and you see that's what drives him is he can't he just can't let go of that he just can't get out get away from it it's amazing it's really brilliantly set up yeah it's a brilliant here's a question do you think the level of sophistication with the characters and how they do this could be done if they were not brothers? Oh, in uh, Good Time? Just in general, as a directing team, there's something about Oh, it yeah, there. no, like, I think their, their, their magic is, like, and the reason why they're able to construct such, like, uh, like, messed up, despicable people is because they understand each other extremely well, and uh, if you're, you know, if you're brothers with somebody, like there's a moment at which you're going to think the other is despicable and you still have to find, you still, you still find love in that. And so when I found out that Benny Safdie himself was playing the brother, like it, it made sense. Cause I, first time I saw in good time when the first time I saw it, I was like, I don't know where they got this guy, but I think he might actually be a person with mental difficulties. Like, and it's actually the director of the film. Like it's so beautifully portrayed and so empathic and their relationship that they designed for those two is so grounded and real that the movie literally wouldn't work at all without that. But I think that comes, I think you're right because of their, their, the director's relationship as brothers, like yeah. where you, where you can, where you, there's like, you're going to be there for your brother no matter what. And, and being able to project that on screen is uh is really really it's incredible. also a sophistication of the characters that it's almost like having their kind of back and forth there's a dynamic with um having somebody so close uh i i i'm going to reference something and you're going to think i'm crazy but oh hi Ben, our new dog um yeah, nice. is that uh the van halen brothers they always mm-hmm. would say it like they you know they're in the pocket you know yeah. Like between the drumming and the guitar, it was just something so different. It's just bound there was this up. connection between yeah. them. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, they're in the pocket, meaning they just have it. There's a connection and it's done. And it's hard to beat that. And I feel right. like you, it, the way these movies are so sophisticated with the characters, you need two minds to kind of wrangle this kind of ebb and flow. Absolutely. So perfectly. And, and, you know, not that Scorsese couldn't do it. 
it's but, just not what he chooses to do. Like he just does a different, entirely different thing. Whereas like, especially in uncut gems, like it's amazing how much they're able to expand that. Like good times, a very localized story, but like uncut gems is so complex. There's like five or six main threads that you have to be very current on all the time. Emotionally. There's the wife, there's the girlfriend, there's the kids. That's right. There's the bookies, That's there's the- how they pull it off. Because most of the times, the characters, the secondaries, the wife, the kids, yeah. there wouldn't be as much depth. They, yeah, they, would, they would just blow it off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was just like, oh, off. you're horrible. Get out of my house. My but, wife hates me. Right. No, just, there's just such richness in them. Right. And like, it's because of this kind of balancing of so many yep. different emotions that you yep. need. And I don't even think Scorsese lived, went to that level. He allowed... Um, you know, De Niro to bring all of that to the table. Right. Whereas these guys just pulled it out of thin air. They're great right. American filmmakers. Yeah, because like imagine if you if you saw the Safety Brothers, then this is not to take away from say Taxi Driver at all. Like Taxi Driver is a yet better movie than anything the Safety Brothers have made. But that said, if the Safety Brothers had made Taxi Driver, you could see the difference in like how they would treat the um the Sybil Shepherd storyline right. without. So Robert here's Brooks. this. Daniel right. Day-Lewis did a Safety Brothers film or Liam Neeson. That would be a film. My God, can you imagine? Oh my God, that'd be insane. <laughs> I would watch this. I would watch yeah. this. But like, they, that's, the, that's the thing, is that they have this in, incredible ability to, like with Sandler, I mean, like, they, like Sandler had already been a great actor in many movies, and there was still stuff I had not seen from Sandler that they were able to tease out of him. You know. Sandler, you know? Sandler didn't know about this. Yes, yeah, sir. I was about to say he didn't his know. wife convinced him to do it. No, right, yeah. he. But the thing was, is that his his manager read it in 2010 because the Safdie brothers sent the script to them in 2010. Oh, and turned him down. <laughs> he said, "Oh, this is crap." Then they came back in 2000, uh, 2016, mm-hmm. and Wexler, his, their manager, said, ah, this is crap. I'm not going to even tell him about this. And then I think he was somewhere, and they're like, hey, did you ever get that script? And they said, he's Apparently, like, Apparently, from what I read, is his wife saw Good Time, loved Good Time, found out about the script of... Well, they cast this. Jonah Hill. Because I just, so, prepping for the show, I saw an interview with, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Adam Sandler, and he right. was saying, and and it was Jonah Hill was originally cast, but he didn't know about it, so his manager turned out twice. Oh man, yikes! That's wild. What, uh, what kind of? <laughs> That's wild, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And yeah. Sandler was wearing fake teeth the whole time, so he'd get that weird. Yeah, the big super. Mouth. Yeah, yeah. Well, it really it particularly works in in the end, like. After the final scene, spoiler alerts, by the way, before I say anything, uh, when he is lying on the floor. Is like, that not like a Butch Cassidy, the still that they zoom in on? Yeah, yeah. it's so good, dude. And like, because he looks like he's smiling because the teeth, like he's just like, he is oh. smiling. <laughs> yeah, like he's, it's in the moment of absolute joy. That, he is uh, smiling. That's, like, that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah, it's just great. I'm going to get through the ending because I think it's such an incredible buildup. And it's, in my mind, is one of the most perfect endings to a film. Along the lines of Butch Cassidy, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in terms of endings. So should we go through the story? Because I've got yes, it all yes. light out. I love it. It's pretty... Okay, it's hard to follow. One thing to be sure, sure. It is It is uh, frenetic. Yep. Uh, it's thick and ca- fast. Ca- cacophon- uh, cacophonic? Is that the word? That's sure. The word? 
Yeah. It is a cacophony. Cacophony. It is a cacophony. It is Mm -hmm. cacophonic. It, It is, it is totally crazy. And if you have ever been to the diamond district in New York, it is, a hundred percent like that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. Disturbing. Like, no. you're like, what is going on here? Super it's high energy, like dense seedy. culture. You don't know yeah. the, the lines between petty theft, weird money laundering and completely legitimate jewelry business. Yeah. Everything is crossing over each other. Crossing in the yeah. same thing. And a lot of those places, like the pawn shop place that he goes to, which I'm going to get to the pawn shop. It's not really a shop. It's just a, a section of a counter next to other stores. Right. So people, there's large gallery places where multiple stores next to each other, basically, yep. right next to each other. They practically share the same cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very, uh, very interesting. So, but it doesn't actually start there. Uh, the movie starts in Ethiopia. Um, and there are uh, miners uh, working there, not young children, but miners, not miners. Yes. Uh, and African mines, as you know, uh, maybe you know. There's a scene where one of the miners comes out and he's severely injured, and the miners are yelling at the bosses that are all Chinese, Chinese. Yep. which is a hundred percent accurate. Accurate. The Chinese yeah, have right. completely taken over all the resources in like in most Africa. of Africa. In most of Africa, yeah. Yeah, is completely true. invaded by uh, uh, by Chinese, Chinese uh, business and Chinese. Yeah, like they built are, actually. They're they're reaping all of the the, the things. Ch- China has built a number of the embassies in Africa, and one of them they uh, they had to uh, the people of uh, the, the country it was in uh, discovered there was oh there's a bug like a listening in bug built into the wall here, uh-huh. and then they tore the building down and found four hundred other bugs bugs that the Chinese had. <laughs> built into the building so right. every embassy that they have built in all of those countries is actually a giant spy device right pretty cool <laughs> go china nicely done nicely done yeah so yes. they they have taken over uh, the world, entirety of africa. most of africa so uh anyway through that situation then uh, a couple people go down into the mine secretly and uh recover a rock that you find out later is a, a gem that is very, very colorful. Iridescence glows, thuns, lots of depths. Fantastic. But it's, it's only visible through these little windows. Most of it is still rock, but the gem is buried inside of it. And you can sort of see the gem inside of it. Um, and it's pretty interesting. But that sort of turns into the, the music itself starts to get, um, very loud. Well, I don't want to say loud, but it was you know, uh, Mike Oakenfold kind of. Mm, yep. Paul Oakenfold. Sorry, is it Paul Oakenfold? Paul Oakenfold. The the techno. The yeah. guy who did the yeah. the the. Paul the, Tubular the, Bells. That guy. Tubular Bells, and he, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. This feels a little bit like that, and it goes into, and then suddenly it's like a ride of colors and crystals and mm. all this stuff that's happening. And then it slowly starts to feel like a tunnel, and then it eventually you are inside of a colon. <laughs> yeah, it dissolves from a cave. To I a colon. thought, honestly, because of that transition, I've done a lot of colon stuff. I do it every two years. Um, yeah. I thought it would be funny. Well, not imagine if it was like opens with the injured miner. Everyone goes around, and it cuts to these guys running with the blue lights, and then they discover a new fragrance for like. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Perfect. You know, just like do it as a fragrant ad. And it's yeah. just like this 
fragrance and just glows. It's like lovely, lovely okay. image, Eric. Uh, <laughs> People great. would be so pissed they wouldn't buy yeah. the product. But I yeah, thought it was really magic. It was just a, an ad. What in God's name was that? Uh, but yes, that's um, it. Was uh, a beautiful gem, though, actually. Yes, opal. it is. It's an opal. Well, Black it's opal. Very yeah. and very key part of the film, obviously, since it's also part of the title of this film. Uh, by the way, I want to thank uh, Jason for subscribing for one more. Thank you. Yes, thanks, again, there. great to see you again. And feel free, guys, if you guys are uh, Prime subscribers, you get one free subscription uh, of life you can give. We would love to be the subscription that you give your one Prime subscription to. Uh, it's really helped support the channel. So please go ahead and do that. Cause I know Excellent. we have a lot more listeners, by the way, now Excellent. So a good, lot of people good. have been trickling slowly. It's like you know, right. going to church before the communion and then you'll get there. That's right. That's right. The uh, cake later. <laughs> uh, Alan, you know, thanks for the moral support. I appreciate that. It's good to see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. We like, so we're in Sandler's colon to begin with. So, yes. Yeah, so we're in the cold. <laughs> and I do want to say something that was interesting as, uh, before I saw this film, because I remember I was reluctant to do it. I was getting a colonoscopy and I was making a joke with the nurses before they put me under saying I washed uh, bridesmaids to make sure I could get ready for this because you have to go through a whole clean out process. Mm-hmm. And she goes, and he goes, Oh, that's funny. He says, you know, I was, I was watching uncut gems and it starts off with a colonoscopy. And I was like, what? And then a you know, and that's the last thing I remember. <laughs> that's the last thing I remember before it shut off. Or the iris wipe. That's yeah, right. What? Why were we saying that about our Southie yeah. Brothers group? Oh, I wanted to see that. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, okay. So uh, anyway, besides that, um, uh, let's see what else is going on. Um, uh, where was I? Okay. Oh, colonoscopy. So we see colonoscopy and it's, you know, you see the guy talking about how his clean is oh no there's a pulp there we better get a biopsy on that but it's very clinical and the music again is overwhelming at this time mm-hmm. and then it cuts same music but then it cuts to him walking down the street what 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 streets did diamond just took on new york in the new 30s york? the 30s the right? on the east side yeah yeah and so he's walking down the street and he's you know stopping by one place he's picking up some cash at one place and then, uh, hold on a second. I had it because I, again, I had to write it all down because it gets complicated. Um, uh, walking down the city, gets cash. And then by the time he goes back to his, uh, he owns up, he has a jewelry store, which is located uh, on an upper floor. So it's not on a storefront situation, but it's its own private little uh, office that they have. Uh, so you, it's it's by quote unquote invitation only, not people coming off the street to buy things, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, one of the people that's in there is Damani, who is this black guy who brings in fellow nice. fellow black people. Yes, <laughs> buy yes. famous famous folks and music, famous music black, artists, uh, uh, right. uh, people in sports, people and, in sports who basically want to spend a lot of money buying really really. Gaudy jewelry. Yeah, I mean, very gaudy. Yeah, like, very showy, what? very showy. And yeah, this the actor playing this is uh, Lakeith Sanfield, who's one of my favorites. He is on the show Atlanta, uh, which is one of my all-time favorite television shows. And he is also in a great movie that I recommend called "Sorry to Bother You," which is one of the most bizarre things you'll ever see in your whole life. Right. Great, right. great actor, though. Terrific actor. Have you ever? But you, I, every time you say "Sorry to Bother Me," it's like, oh, I've seen that. It's like, oh no. Because I keep confusing that title with um, uh, "Can you please forgive me?" 
Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Sorry to bother you. The, the way that I know that people have seen Sorry to Bother You is the, the moment I say the title, people go, oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Because there's a, there's a point where you're like, this is a really good movie. This is a really good movie. And then, this, then something happens which makes you remember that something for the rest of time. Oh, it's really? So, um, it's when did it astonishing. Come out? A few years ago, five years ago, maybe. Is it, it a is, movie or a series? It is a movie. And it is pure genius. I also, if you haven't seen, uh, if you haven't seen Atlanta, the show Atlanta, top three television programs of all time. Perfect. Never seen anything like it ever. Unbelievably good. All right. All right. Okay. So, um, where were we? Well, Keith Stanfield comes and gets, um, musicians and sports folks, famous guys to come in by a really jewelry. but he's not, so he's just, there but also in the store are two guys who are gangsters mm. oh. <laughs> and these guys the the thing that surprises me is like these They're guys real deal, are ta- these are the real deal and the guy especially the the, the heavy one the talker that's his first movie he ever made and i, I would it. not he huh. makes joe pesci look like a pussycat he looks like you. It looks like you took a uh, like a side of beef and quickly hacked out the image of a man's face and put it on a table. <laughs> like, he's great. He's like a cube with a face stretched over it, like Hellraiser. It's like it's it's really something. Yeah, tough, tough, tough. And then the other guy is just a, a complete the the guy that doesn't talk that much. That guy's a complete meathead as well. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but tough. And they're like, we're here because of, oh, you're friends of Arno. We might, so we find out this guy named Arno, right? And you can Character tell that these guys are there collecting, there to collect something. And then, but Adam Sandler, who's got a bunch of customers in the, in the, in the store, like, oh, yeah, you should uh, have some of our water. It's like, I'm not interested in water. And then he just literally smacks him. He's like, I said no water. And gets everyone by surprise. Like, oh, no, no, everything's okay. Everything's okay. So you're realizing, okay, he's... In a situation. Unhinged. Unhinged, right? And so, but also, Adam Sandler is in in Trump, right? He's got some, he owes money to someone. (laughs) And probably someone who's not, doesn't, you know, who brings in the heavies. Let's just put it that way, right? Right. And so it just gets crazy. But also, you should realize that Adam Sandler is the kind of guy who is every second doing like three different things. Things. Right, the he's ADD on the phone. Is he's on like, the phone. He's doing this. Oh yeah! So show him the new things. I got a lot. He's always is one of those characters, and that almost to. brings anxiety to you just watching. Oh, it. that's the <laughs> inhibits, dude. You're yeah. so it's so just how nerd. much stuff he has yeah. going on, and then when yeah, you realize so much noise happening and all this stuff, and he's like doing twenty different things, things. and like right. and yeah, and like I have to like the editing of this stuff is especially around the dialogue. Is insanely good because, like, you're you have like scenes with like six or seven people all almost talking on top of each other, right? And you're still able to basically follow the core of what's happening all the time. But right. it's it's just brilliantly, brilliantly put together. It's it's rare to see something that dense make that much sense. Right, right, right. So, uh, so at this point, we've established he owns a jewelry store. Uh, he's got, he owes people money. He's constantly flowing around all over the place. And then he goes to 
he's asking where this girl is who's supposed to work at the store. He goes to an apartment. <laughs> Two hot girls leave the apartment and they say, What do you guys do it here? And he goes, Oh, she's sleeping. Goes into the apartment and there is Two girls in bed. He yells at one of them saying, why aren't you at work? It's 1030 in the morning. And she starts yelling at him. And then it was really funny because you think it's going to get kind of violent. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she starts yelling at him and says, do you want to keep yelling or you want to come in bed and cuddle? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. And he's like, okay. So he goes and cuddles with her. And then she totally dotes on him and babies him and just makes him feel all good. And let's look at these pictures we took. Oh, look, this is the weekend. He's on something. Right? So that's his girlfriend. And that's played by a woman named Julie Fox. Yes. Also her first first time. First first movie for her. But she is actually a pretty famous socialite. So I think she's been on a bunch of reality TV or something Mm -hmm. like that. So she's kind of a big socialite in New York or whatever. But she was, I guess, approached by the Softy Bars to do this as well. Um, yeah, getting the real characters. The, yeah, everyone, that's the thing. So many people in this movie are either playing themselves or first-time actors to the point yeah. where that's where it all feels so real. That's, the, that's how it takes it to the next level. Now, it is absolutely great directing that makes these people not feel like non-actors, but like oh, yeah. people. The, 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 the champion of this film, by the way, is Kevin Garnett, who is... So, so completely good. believable. I was like, does he know but they're filming a, this movie? <laughs> yeah. like, it's exactly like, he feels great. like a real guy. Yeah. I was, he, was, he was absolutely fantastic. Yeah, absolutely for sure. Fantastic. For sure. For sure. But every time he's like, oh my God. Oh, and mixed in with really good actors as well. Like mm-hmm. with he's really great. good yeah, actors. He's holding his own 100%. Every one yeah. of them is doing right. a great job. Uh, other, and like, because we can get like any, you know, whatever. You get loads of movies with sports stars in them where like this. The star comes down and just like, and it, oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, the only uh, and they kind of talk one. a little bit on the side. Yeah, and yeah. but yeah, Garnett just pain. comes in like he's, he's the real deal. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. incredible. Okay. All right. So after he le- then that, he leaves the apartment. He sells this god-awful, massive diamond cross with Michael Jackson on the cross. Yeah. yeah. It's the gaudiest thing you've ever seen. Right. right. And he sells it or pawns it or whatever he does. This woman offers him $23,000 for it. Mm-hmm. He takes the money in cash in an envelope, goes straight to a restaurant to place it on a basketball bed. He's a dick. Yeah. It's so right? like, takes the, and there's not like, there's never even any decision time. Like he's just like, cause he knows that he's got bookies. They're going to come break his legs, but he can't resist making the bet. He gets enough money to cover the Just bet. He's has like to push it. Push it, push it, push it. <laughs> one, more right. one more step. Yeah. Right. So he goes yeah. to the guy and the guy, the book, he's like, no, 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 I don't want to have anything to do. He's like, look, here's the cash. Here's the cash. Here's what I want on it. Blah, 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 blah. And he puts them on and he gets a bet. And he's like, it's and he's crazy bets. I don't know anything about sports betting, but it's not like, it's this, who gets the tip off, how many points, how many rebounds. Like, it's just very complicated bets yeah. that right. he's placing. Obviously, he's been doing it for a long time. Right. Okay. So he plays this $23,000 worth of bets. Um, and then uh, he, he walks out almost at the very end, like before he even finishes the bet. Guy says, finish the bet. And he goes, Kevin Garnett is at my store. I got to go right now. So he goes to meet Kevin Garnett at the store. So that uh, Lakeith Sanfield has brought him in. Right. 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 So Damati brought him in. Right. right? 
And Damani wants to sell him one of the Rolexes because apparently Damani has been like all these stolen Rolexes and trying to uh, get percentages on these Rolexes from, right. from him. But he says, no, 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 like, you know, look around, look around. And he's like, I'm not selling watches right now. Right. But he's, they're looking at all kinds of things. There's a lot of chaos going on. Oh, I should also mention just before he arrives back at his store to go inside, the two heavies that were there before, just in the hallway, are getting beat up by two huge black guys. Yes. <laughs> that right. dwarf them and are yeah. beating them up because apparently they caused some trouble in the store before Adam Sandler right. got so there. Like, it's heavies on top of heavies. There's so much pressure coming down, and all of that's eventually ending up on Adam Sandler's shoulders. Adam Sandler's shoulders. So the two heavies that originally went to collect from Adam Sandler are now being like literally kicked out into the hallway. They are unbelievably pissed off and angry. Just, just making, adding fuel right. to the fire. Right. The two other guys are like, it's my store. It's my store. And they're like trying to get in. It's like, no, 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 come on, let me in, let me in. And so they all go in. And so they all realize that that's his store and that's what's going on. So that's when I'm meeting Kevin Garnett. Trying to sell him some, what, what were they gremlins or Furbies or what? It's what a Furby. These? It's like a, it's like a gold, little gold Furby. With a, gold, a gold, not so little. It was a pretty, yeah, almost like huge. Yeah. About the size of, you know, a, smaller a, than a regular Furby, but still very about impressive. the size of a, of a grapefruit, but you yeah. would wear it as a pendant and it's yeah, so filled crazy. with diamonds. Yeah. It's tacky. It's, it's the tackiest <laughs> thing, and its little imagine. eyes move, move. Yeah. and it's like it's a it's a necklace, and it's probably yeah. you know fifteen thousand dollars or something stupid. Yeah, the, the ta- the, with that kind of stuff, the tackiness is the point. Like it's like that's the gag. It's such a right. flagrant waste of money that that's the eye catching bit about it. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's like look at how much money I have. I can literally throw it out the window on fire, and and, and wear a fucking money means baby. nothing. Right. Yeah. I mean, money means nothing. I'm buying a gold diamond encrusted Furby. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, and it was even that. funnier. Like at one point he goes into his, uh, so a box arrives throughout this chaos, a box arrives. He goes, it's it here. It's here. And he goes to grab the box and he's bringing it into the back office, the big box, by the way, at which point one of the guys who works in the back says, I've been giving you eight years of my freaking life. These guys are starting to find, they tore my shirt and he goes, don't worry about your shirt here. And he grabs a shirt from behind. Gucci, he's like, this man. is a Gucci shirt. It's worth $500. 500 bucks. Yeah, like, <laughs> and he just says, it's like, I don't want your fucking shirt. I just don't want to get beat up by thugs. Yeah, right? right. And so he doesn't get it to him. It's all like money in money out, like whatever, you know? Yep. And so while that's all going on, he's opening up the box. The box is filled with ice and fish. Yeah. Right? And he's feeling up the fish, feeling the fish. And he feels one of the fish. And he opens up the fish and he opens up the cavity of the fish inside the cavity of the fish is a uh, a package inside that package is the opal that we saw from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's his opal. He's so excited. And so he's like runs back out from his office, goes to Kevin Garnett and says, check this out. I just got this. Right. And Kevin Garnett's like, what is that? And it's like, oh, it's, you know, and he tell, starts telling him about the history of, of, of these opals. And he says, because as if you guys know anything about the, the, the diamond district, uh, is um, uh, the the, uh, the the it's all Jewish. The whole yep. place is Jewish, right. right? And all and most of the Jews come from Antwerp, and like and all the diamonds come from Antwerp. But the 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 flight, <laughs> the flight from Brussels to New York, 
is a lot of Hasidic Jews are traveling on that, and they're all working in the diamond district. Right, right. Well, you know, like, and one of the most fascinating parts of the movie that they really emphasize. Yeah, and I mean the Safdies are Jewish, and they're and they're their telling, dad, their dad worked as a runner in the diamond district for a guy like yeah, that exactly, guy. right, and uh, and like they, so there's a there's a very subtle, rich history embedded in this movie, like that, yeah. and it's, like it's not they don't spend they don't stop and talk about it, but it's there's all sorts of little notes all over the place, mm-hmm. and that Sandler himself, his character is is actually a a, a very devout. Uh, person and he is like and so like this like this like this community and this religion is extremely important to him uh and his family is extremely important to him in these very specific ways and all the stuff is very nicely detailed um you know like they're going to get divorced but they're going to get divorced after passover like there's the 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 dinner and all this kind of stuff and all of that sort of adds like it keeps it from being a simple crime film like it's like it let like there's not just sort of like Film about breaking addiction. To yeah, really. yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, like there's the, on the on the top level, the most but entertaining level. It is it is a is a it's a thriller about this guy who's in trouble because he's Absolutely. an addict, right? But the the emotional sort of uh, bedrock of the movie isn't simply that you're hoping that he gets away with it. Like there's a there's there's a there's a very deep connected family history um, that's sketched out with everybody in the movie. And with the community that he is a part of in the Diamond District, but it's, and it's, then it's, in and also in the story he tells Kevin Garnett, like it's right. just like there is an deeper, even deeper history that this rock represents. That because these are these are uh, uh, he's like these are this is mined by black Jews in Africa, black Jews in Ethiopia. And yeah. yeah, it's just like and like the movie that takes on a, like an almost spiritual level of history embedded right. in this rock. And, and he, tell, he actually so says it says you can look you, you it's looking like looking through history when you look mm-hmm. inside the rock. So he goes through this big myth and gives this big story about history and mythology and not mythology, but Wait, myth, that's all at the, the end of the movie though. No, no, yes. no. Yeah. We well there, there's a there's a that, that, right. that's true, but he also talks about it to Garnett, which is making him more and more fascinated with this rock. Right. And and Garnett is seeing into the rock when he looks into the rock, you see flashes of interconnected history in his own mind. Right. Like, so it's, it's activating it. But what this rock means is more than just money. It's a uh, depth of connection and, and sort of a gra- like a bedrock ground validity to your life and your history and your family. Like there's so, this means so much to Sandler because of the actual things in his life that we only get a quick sketch of like his mm-hmm. family and all this kind of stuff. The reason why it feels so deep is because that's the stuff that's actually at stake and it's represented by the stone. Right. Right. And so him going after the stone isn't simply greed. It is, it is right. It's like, if it was just, I'm going after, you know, a diamond and I'm, because I want to be rich, then the movie would be, uh, it would still be a great movie, but it'd be a less deep film. What did they successfully build this, this understructure that says what this rock means to him is the thing that he's giving up by chasing it. Like the thing that he's, he's risking by chasing it is itself. And it's just, it's, I, I kind of also saw that like he talks about it. Like it took 17 months to acquire that. It's mm-hmm. something that he did on his own. And yes. when you meet his wife's family, you realize that they're so wealthy and powerful 
within that business, I feel like the movie is just a slow suicide of himself. Yeah, he it's like, well, he failed and didn't fit in. Because he will never, ever prove himself the no. way he, like, this is what he's actually getting. And he, he, what he really wants to do is prove himself to his father-in-law. Yes, which is, right. Which, anyway. And we'll it's get, impossible. And it's impossible. We'll, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. But he right. goes through this incredible story with Garnett, and Garnett is looking through it with a loop. Uh, and uh, by the way, he had reminded people multiple times, including Garnett, not to lean on the glass. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he has got his two elbows on the glass, and he's looking through it, looking through it, looking through it. And apparently what they had done is they had rigged the gr- glass with an explosive, <laughs> to, and they didn't they. tell Garnett when he was going to pop, right. so that it <laughs> totally, like they yeah. tried to find a moment where he wasn't paying attention, and then that's when they popped right. it. Right. So uh, he breaks the glass, goes through the whole thing. Anyway, Garnett said, this, like, this is a sign. This is a sign. I have to own this. I have to own this. I'll give you this so much money for it, or $150,000. And goes, no, no. This is like a 600-carat gem. It's right. worth like one to $3,000 of carat. It's, yep. oh, it's worth a million dollars, right? It's at least a million dollars. And I was like, and by the way, I can't sell it to you. It's uh, the auction. Because I, it's already going. It's, I promised it to auction, right? They're putting it into a thing, and so the guy is like, "Well, I, this is like I got you know I have a game tonight. Let me borrow it. Let me borrow it." Which was <laughs> oh, really, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That that is, is, part of, part of me feels fun. like, but like the, the, it, at this point, where is the diamond? Starts to feel a little bit like what? What is the night shift movie? Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Whereas, right, like, right, he's right. just constantly chasing something to do another thing to do another thing. Anyway, so he lets Garnett borrow it, but of course, immediately says, "I need collateral." So he tells him to give him his championship basketball ring as collateral for the uh, opal, right? Uh-huh. And they say, and they was like, "What are you crazy? You can't take his ring." And, and then Garnett says, "No, no, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair." He gives him the ring. Okay, so the ring exchange takes place. They leave. He immediately takes the ring and pawns uh, it. Yeah, like within. Seconds. No, he doesn't with yeah. collateral. He does it with right. his brother-in-law or his brother-in-law shop for collateral. It's not mm-hmm. his brother-in-law it's shop. The, the, the pawn shop. It, yeah, but Bogosian. Bogosian was. That's that's where you first meet Bogosian. Bogosian is Bogosian is his uh, what do you call it his his uncle, Arno right yeah that's, that's Arno that, that's Arno that's not the guy that's not the guy yeah, it's not the guy in the shop but yeah. he doesn't he doesn't pawn it he borrows against no no he, because they said he says no, do you want to pawn it do you want to sell it they say do you want to pawn it do you want to sell it he could sell, sell it it wasn't his he said right. pawn it so well the deal the deal with pawn yeah he pawns it if he I don't come it. by Friday pawn it. No, that's so he, no Friday, he doesn't show up by Friday. He, he says, owns it. <laughs> he says it's my ring. If it, you yeah. don't show up by Friday, it's my ring. Yeah, that's what he that's says. So that's why deal. he's pawning it. Yeah, yeah but so it he, wasn't his to pawn, though. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He still pawn. He does pawn it. Like that's exactly. I, I was under the impression that he was borrowed. He used that to as a collateral for a loan. No, so he, no, no. He yeah, no, literally he, straight up pawns he, the he's ring. He's pretending like he owns it and is pawning it. And and, and he, uh, then he not only he that, needs to get it back in order to get. Of course yes. he does, <laughs> but all he knows is that he has something of extreme value in his hands, and he can get immediate cash for it mm-hmm. and add another basketball. It's like, bet. don't worry, I'm gonna get. It's not like I'm not gonna get it back. I'll have plenty of money by a fighter, right, to buy it back. That's right. what he's thinking. That's the addict talking, right? 
Yeah. Don't worry, because I'm going to win this. He, uh, this, he, this did, uh, he does not own Garnett's ring. Right. And he, and he pawns it anyway. <laughs> right. Like, that's so then he takes, he takes the, the additional money, which is another $16,000, whatever it is. Mm. Right. He takes that, goes back to the bookie, because he has this feeling that because Garnett has the opal, he's going to have an unbelievable game. And he starts saying, I want to scrap that bet, do another bet, add another, all this money together. All on Garnett, all on this, and the guy says, "What the hell? That's the dumbest bet. What do you know? Why are you doing this bet? It's the dumbest bet I ever heard." And goes, "I disagree. I disagree." And he walks away, so excited. To him, he's like, "I am going to be so rich set. after this. Right. I am set. all set." Right. So that's that's what happens. Um, uh, okay. So then he goes. Uh, the next thing you know, he's in his house, and you realize this is the first time you realize he's actually married to someone else. Yeah, but he's in his house in Long Island, <laughs> right? Watching the basketball game, like to him, like you know, it's just like literally the first few minutes of the basketball game, and his wife comes down, starts yelling at him. He's like, "Where the fuck have you been? I've been texting you. You got to put your son to bed, right?" right. And he realized he's just done not listening to her. He hates her. She clearly despises him. <laughs> yes. She, she, she despises him. And, and this is uh, Anita Menzel, is her name, right? The, the, act, right. the actor, she's the, the one who does, who sings the Frozen song. Frozen. She's yeah. a right? Yeah. And she's so, yeah, she's, she's Elsa. Playing this, yeah, she's Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> and she's playing the most, uh, like, she hates Sandler so much. You never get to see a side of her that's likable because she's so just so enraged just all the time. Enraged all the time. <laughs> just, <laughs> like the whole time. And it's right. hysterically funny. And like and like Sandler in that in that scene is like he's like, Yeah, I'll I'll go and say I'll say goodnight to her my son in a second. Hang on. And he's watching the TV, watching the TV, and she's like, Now. Like now. Yeah, he's been yeah. waiting for twenty minutes. And he's just like, Yeah, just wait for a time out. Brings the phone <laughs> in. Yeah. And then he brings the phone in, watches the game. In cursing, quote unquote, quietly in the dark son's room. His son wakes up, like, what the fuck's going on? Right. Then he goes downstairs. His wife's watching some reality show, whatever. And he's like, I'm putting it back on the game. He's like, no, I'm watching something. He's like, it's a commercial. It's the whole thing. Right. At which point it says, fuck it. And he leaves to go back to his apartment. Right. Uh, To meet his girlfriend. Right. And then he's watching the game in the cab on his phone and wins big, really big. So super excited. He is, like you said, that he feels like unbelievably orgasmic, right? As he has this experience, he is completely like this endorphins are through the roof. Yeah. Uh, He's in the apartment. He, he's, she's not there. He calls her. She goes, where are you? And she he says, "Oh, I'm in the elevator on my way up." And he goes, "Where are you?" He says, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm in, in the tunnel. I'm gonna meet you." Which is lying because he's already in the apartment. But uh, she says, uh, "I'm in such an incredible mood. I can't wait to see you." And she says, "Okay." And so then he decides to hide in the closet while she's there. Uh, and she comes in, and he, uh, she starts to get ready. Shall we say? Gets into her lingerie or whatever. And they start having this fake texting, sexing thing. Very weird and awkward scene. <laughs> I don't get too much in detail because it's not super important to the plot. But basically, you see that she is very much prepared and ready for him. And he, he can get everything he wants from her. 
She's very much the same kind of person as he is. Right. Like they are cut yeah. from the same cloth. Like I think that like she, she is, cares she about is him. She's the only one, she she cares, the only one that really cares about. She's him. the only one who really understands him because she is very much like him. Yeah, she's right. she, like she I mean it, she makes dumb mistakes at the moment also in the movie. Yep. <laughs> you know, so like they they are they're on the same page. Uh good for good and bad, you know. And so right. their their love story is very believable selfish. because they're, they're both selfish. Yeah, they're both like you know, they they can't they don't think too far in the future and they're both pretty they don't think people. of the consequences of their actions right. exactly yeah. right so anyway that's what happens there so that's the end of that uh hold on a second. let me see what's happening uh uh hold on a second it's a complex plot <laughs> <laughs> okay hold a lot on, of ins lots of ads dude <laughs> uh shit where was i Wins big. So like, uh, wins big. And then what does he do from there? Does he? Well, because uh, then he gets his ass handed to him, right? And, oh, right, 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 right. right, right. Okay, right, right. He goes. Then he goes to the. the school play. He still needs to get. He still needs <laughs> to get the, the uh, the gem. He still needs to get the gem to the auction house. Right. So he yeah. goes to the auction house and he's saying, "Damani's got to get here with the gem from Kevin Garnett from the night before because I got to get it to the auction house." So he's there waiting at the auction house. They do not like him. They're very fancy, very hoity-toity at this auction house. And you right. can imagine like Christie's. It's supposed to be like Christie's, right? Yeah. yeah. This, this kind right. of scummy guy. And by the way, you know who the woman is who's on the phone who you never see? Oh, uh, no. Tilda Swinton. Of course, it's Tilda Swinton. <laughs> <laughs> I, would the the Chums, I, I would believe That's that Tilda Swinton works for Christie's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love I love yeah. Tilda Swinton. Surprised I didn't like that. Yeah. That's so anyway, so she's the receptionist who's like trying to be very polite, but clearly hates him even more than like everyone who talks to him hates him except for Julia. Yeah, right? exactly. Because he's, he's this abrasive manic person, and know? he's, he's just like, like, drops the f bomb. And yeah. they met, especially in a, such a hoity-toity place when he, she's dropping f bombs left and right sure. in front of them. It's just yeah, it's not it's not comfortable. Anyway, um, she. Um, uh right so he's like we got to have the gem he's like oh it's wait outside it's outside i'm gonna get it he goes outside he tells the money to double park says i'm not double parking he's like what the fuck and he's like i'll be right back and he goes out the money's in the car he goes where's the gem get in the car get we get in the car gets in the car then he finds out he doesn't have the gem <laughs> no right right and it's right. like ah oh, where is it it's like it's still with kevin it's like where's it was like Where's Kevin? He says he's at practice. It's like, where is he practicing? Philadelphia. Then we're going to Philadelphia. So they go to Philadelphia. They and they, and he goes to, to to see him. He loves basketball. Like basketball is his thing, right? Obviously, that's all True. he's betting on is basketball. True for Sandler as well. True for Sandler as well. <laughs> I thought when I I did run into but Sandler. It relates to history because he says the first. Points ever scored at a professional NBA were by a Jew. He said. That's right. right. Yeah, the two first two points on NBA. That's right. Like yeah. I mean, it all it, it it connects so beautifully. Like yeah. all of his motivations are connected to this. Like this is it. This is the most. This is it's a, such a deep and it all comes back to like I feel this tremendous pressure to prove myself in an unprovable way. Like that's why I need. Right. He isn't. He isn't addicted to gambling because of gambling. But he has nothing to lose, and that's why he has a smile on his face because at yes. least he did his own thing. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Like yeah. and, and I think that'd be not to jump the gun, but like I from way well, I we got, we got players. Why would you jump like, the gun? Like oh. the the that we that the from like you know like I uh, I said earlier. I'm just like I think that Sandler's uh, like an incredibly 
empathic moron in this movie, right? But the uh, the Safety brothers think of him very heroically, like they've said so. They're, they're just like, no, he's like he's really a righteous person in this film, and uh, and that's the that's what we like. That's the way we have to go about telling that story. And I think it's a really beautiful way to look at it because like he's right. so unlikable and makes so many bad decisions that if you look at the core of what he is doing there is this righteous cause in his mind that is beyond simple addiction or beyond simple greed or anything he, like that. he's he's like the salesman in death of a salesman yeah. you know what i mean he's right. carving out, out his own yes something yeah. for himself because he's surrounded by things he know he he can never people he can never impress and do things that he can never yes yeah they so there's, a, there's a there's a larger deeper thing that the Safis are saying with him that i think is really really well rendered and uh it's it's just that it's so hit like it's not hidden they're hiding like they're hiding it on purpose they sort of disguise it with all this crazy shit that's happening in front of you all the time right um, but it's actually a very it's a very spiritual movie at its core all the way kind of like crimes and misdemeanors too Oh my god, I love it. Love yeah. that movie. Perfect film. Right. The perfect film. Right, right, right. Okay. So uh where were we? Um right, so he's he's they arrive at the Prex place. He's completely uh starstruck by all the basketball going on around him. I know. Right? <laughs> and he's like, ah, and he starts to like throw it throwing baskets and making baskets. But he does, that, that was just a punk move, though. Yeah, it was a punk move. <laughs> right. But Damani takes advantage of him being distracted to beeline it past the security guards because he knows Kevin right. Garnett. At which point, he's like, oh, wait, 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 for, for me. And he goes by and security guard says, wait, who are you? And he's like, Damani. And Damani's already long gone, basically ditched him on purpose yeah. so that he could get away with it. And this is he's pissing him off because he actually has to be at his daughter's play play yeah that evening so and he's in he, philadelphia <laughs> and he's in philadelphia so he gets he gets on a bus <coughs> to go back to new york to get into his car to go to right. the play and it's you know it's ridiculous so he does that and it's you know typical high school play situation mm -hmm. right he's sitting there and he's trying to you know recover from it. He's texting Damani like crazy because he's so pissed off. Still doesn't have his gem, right? Mm -hmm. I'd be nervous too. And you are nervous as a viewer. You're like, yeah, oh, oh my God. Yeah, so yeah. High, so high stress. It's, it's so high, high stress. And on top of all the stress, he looks back and who is sitting in the in the benches but the two thugs mm -hmm. from 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 the beginning looking yep. at him. And so he gets up and he goes to the, he's like, can I see you outside? And he goes, are you sure you want to do that? Says the guy. <laughs> and he goes, yeah. He goes, all right, let's go. And he goes, this is my fucking family. You don't do that to me. Ah, he starts yelling at him, right? And the guy just, you know, they get into an altercation, at which point he runs. <laughs> and he starts chasing him through the school. Then you see outside, you finally see another car, and it's Arno. Arno's actually there, right? Mm-hmm. And they tell him, you know, they basically get him in the back of the car. They start beating him up and doing all this stuff. And they tell him about something about in, something about his car. I forgot what it is. But anyway, what ends up happening is they take him out. They take all of his clothes off and lock him in the trunk, trunk. of his own car. <laughs> yep. yep. Right. And so he's naked in the trunk of his car. And then he texts his wife furiously says or calls her and says 
And she goes, where the fuck are you? The play's already started. You know, of course, at this point, you know, she hates him because he's missing the kid's play. I mean, this is right. like, right? He goes, you got to come. I locked I lock something in the trunk of the car. She pops the trunk of the car. She races out to pop the trunk of the car. And out he comes naked out of the car. He goes, don't worry. Don't worry. I'll be right there. I'll be right there. She's like, what the fuck is going, what is on? going on? <laughs> right. <laughs> what is happening? It is just absolutely mayhem. It's just madness. He's just, just uh, madness. He, so the, it's very pathetic. Very yep. pathetic. But at the same time, you're like, oh, God. <laughs> and not a little funny, but really just more like, Ugh. oh, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's ludicrous. Sad, it? It's ludicrous. What's it's happening? It's ludicrous, right? Yep. So, okay, what happens from there? Now I'm trying to catch up. Uh, Philly, couple dads, Okay, right. Then he's back. They're back at the house, right? He's uh, he's walking around the house. He's trying to tell his daughter how proud he is of her. She doesn't give a crap. Uh Oh, someone wrote a long letter, and it's not someone who wants to be famous. But all right, uh, someone catch up on that while I keep going on the story. <laughs> a, I was going to say that's the like I was ready for the for it being a bot, but it's not a bot. It's that's not nice. a bot. Thank you very much for joining us. First time chat, uh, half whispered. That is excellent. Half whispered. Okay. <laughs> uh, welcome, so welcome. Thank you. That sounds uh, like a half whispered. Really? Yeah. Right. Uh, like that. Let's go with it. But anyway, oh, yes. Well, he said, uh, as he watched the hundredth episode, it was the first time he watched. Uh, thank you, live. half whispered. Uh, Spectacular. Thank you so much. And if uh, we'd love, to, obviously, you know, stay tuned. We do these every Wednesday, every Saturday. And if we don't do po- watch parties, we do pod. Uh, if we don't do podcasts, we do watch parties. And podcasts are not re- uh, recorded, or they are recorded, but um, we don't put those up. So, and they're a lot of fun. So you can join us for any of those. And if you'd like to subscribe to us, and you are subscribed to Amazon Prime, you can give us one free subscription per month. This goes Man, for everybody. Anybody yeah, in the chat. Everybody. I appreciate <laughs> please it. Do, please do. But anyway, thank you. And also, anyway, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and in the, in the here, I'm going to give you a, uh, a, a, a a link to our Discord. And if you'd like to join our Discord, you should feel free to do that as well. That's awesome. So Fantastic. All right. Uh, okay. Sorry. That was all. We, we got, uh, for those so of you who are doing the audio version only, <laughs> we got a big, long, long uh, write up from uh, Half Whispered, uh, who just joined us. Very kind. It's uh, very exciting. Thank you. Very cool. All right. Thank you. All right. So, where are we? So, right. His daughter, his daughter, also really good, by the way. Mm-hmm. Who, yeah. she's like, he's trying to tell her, like, hey, you know, so I'm so, shit I'm so proud of you. She goes, I know you told me that five times. It's the best. Thing. Like it's Who's on a- the phone? What friend's on the phone? Right. right. He's like trying to be involved in her life. She's like, get the fuck out of here. Fuck off. Yeah. Stop trying. And he says, well, I'm going go to go to I'm going to go to a party in New York City and I'll be out late. He's like, uh-huh. Great. <laughs> right. Dad. Yeah. yeah like and- she's, it's the, she hits the perfect fuck you tone. Like it's. I've, yeah. I, compli- I've, I've, I mean, it still sounds like a teenager dissing yeah. but it's it's it's, it's genuine no, she's used to his crap that's <laughs> what it is like, she's still yeah, used to his crap yeah it's like yeah. This, guy, this guy's a fucking idiot you've, you've you've blown it you've blown your chance yeah, okay yeah. so by this time do you at this time do you think he's a fuck up or do you really think you know it's a shot for a chance for a redemption i like i i do think he's uh, a fuck i up, think it, but, it doesn't it doesn't get it doesn't get till that speech at the end that we start to see the last run. I'm going to get to that. My, my personal feelings about that ending 
Because that ending is beautiful. Like the no, whole, I'm saying like, at, okay, but I'm at check, at, check in at this at point. This, at this time, as a viewer, and some of you've seen it, when he's in the kitchen, they're cooking chicken, and the wife gives a, a kind of a, a snotty smile and leaves. Right. And he's talking to his daughter. Do you think he's a complete fuck up, or there's like there's a plan to his madness? Uh, lost do you feel bad? Do you feel He'll bad for him? Do I feel bad for him? I do. Like, God, he's a complete fuck up. Uh, I do feel bad for him. Uh, I do feel bad for him. I don't know what happened uh, to him, but I do feel bad for him. Uh, at the same time, I feel he's completely pathetic, and every one of his family's reactions are oh, completely yeah. legitimate. Yeah, because he's he's cheating on his wife, <laughs> and he's I getting, know, but and he's telling his that, daughter he's telling his daughter how much she's proud of her only, only because he wants to somehow. Pretend that he side. has a relationship with her, which he clearly doesn't. He is That's about right. to leave his house to be with his girlfriend. Okay. And he's doing it like, I'm a family guy. Who's your friend? Yeah. Oh, you're back. Okay. Dan is back. Hey, cool. <laughs> you're back, back, actually. I don't even have to bring you back on, on the Pop. thing. There we go. Nice. Uh, let, let's see if... Uh, hey, let me know if you guys all hear Dan when he talks. So, All right, here I am talking. This is okay, the, yeah, you uh, should hear. Good. Okay, good, 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 good. We're back. I didn't have to do anything. All right. Uh, so let's see what happened after that. Uh, daughter's daughter. Uh, listen. Anyway, so at which point he then gets into a. He gets on the phone with Damani again, still trying to get his opal. I'd be having a heart attack at this time. Yeah. Oh, Damani it's is really being a pain in the ass. Like, give me my. I found myself in this viewing because I've seen it a bunch of times. Like, come get the diamond. I'm screaming at the TV. Will you <laughs> well, just like, get the diamond, please? I'm going I'm to have like, a heart attack here. Yeah, it's as per like as as to your uh, your heat check where I'm at with this guy. It's just like I'm for me. I'm in the same spot as I am with Pattinson in Good Time. I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like I was like, but he's all but screaming at the screen. Like, what are you doing? You idiots? but it's Damani who's failing him too. Well, yeah, but it's like it's like it's not to, like. He failed. The reason why he's in the shit with Damani is because he fucking got tricked up with Damani. <laughs> like, it's his fault. It's not yeah, Damani. is just the guy that's fucking over currently. Yeah, like, the reason why what he's, he's dealing with he, from all ends, like, Damani's screwing all, him over. Everything that is happening to him is his fault. Like, there's nothing that's happening to him but that it's he, not as he much did as not like, create. But it's, like, not as, it's not as much as it was with... with, with like, with, Pattinson is more extreme, Pattinson. and it's, yeah. what, is even more short-sighted. Like yes. I, one hundred percent. But like, but there's something like, more that, genuine about about well, right. About like I, I think that Sandler. I think that I think that innately Sam, Sandler is he's more likable than Pattinson's character. Like, okay. like you, Alex's like his character reminded me like, of Eric, um, Eric Roberts in a Runaway Train. Right. Exactly. I mean, like, there's like Pattinson's oh, yeah, character yeah. is if Pattinson's character is designed aggressively for you to not like him. They're doing sort of the opposite of what they're doing in Nick Jones because like. In in good time, they like they set out to make Pattinson as unattractive a personality as possible, and then in the end, they're like, "But he loves his brother. How do you feel about him now?" And that's the that's the joke of the movie, more or less. They're like, "Are you? Do you? After all the nonsense you've seen him do, and how like the narcissistic shithead that he is, like, does this change things for you? Knowing that he cares this much for his brother." 
and that's the one that's the one element and with it wasn't that not for you that yeah, no, for I'm you. Not, I, I understand it didn't work for you but that's not what I'm, that's not the point i'm talking about. i'm not trying right. to convince you i'm just saying like I that's that. what that's that's why it worked for me and that's what they're trying to do whereas in uncut gems what's very very sort of clever about it is that they like sandler is just as like he's he's in a he's in a mix of his own making 100 percent like he's made and he and he makes horrible mistakes that are could, you know, could be risking people's lives other people's lives easily uh, because you're dealing with murderous thugs right and he keeps on doing it anyway because of his own self-interest which should make him unlikable but because yeah, but his self-interest is about because yes because they think they right because they do that they make they pull you onto his side even when you're in the most stressed out portion of the show like right. they like and this is the, so these movies are sort of opposite points like this one they're like we're going to try to make him so despicable and see how long we can keep on making you like him versus we're going to make him despicable and see if you like him because of something you believe and these are just two different ways to do, tell a story but i think that like if i were to credit them like like i said i I like the intensity or the sort of the indie flavor and intensity of good time more myself because of the, that's a unique flavor that said good time is not as dense and well-rendered by a million miles as sure. uncut gems. And so uncut gems has to be as good as it is to pull off what it's doing, here's which what is I'll, a much harder trick. Here's what I will tell you is they were, they wanted to do uncut, uncut gem was supposed to be one of their first films. Yeah. Right. And then they did good time uh, before that. And to me, I look at Good Time as a good practice film. Oh, totally. Absolutely right? true. And so they did they did a great practice film, yeah. et cetera. Now I didn't like it, but all the all the things that were important that that they're testing that, out things in good time that they need to do perfectly in uncut gems. Yes. And yeah. they did. And this is the thing that surprises me because it was like I was like, oh, I don't want to see a Safety Brothers film. And then I was like, oh no, okay. Yeah. If they if it all the pieces come together, yeah. suddenly it worked for me, right? I know we yeah, all have one hundred percent. But yeah. that's kind of the way. Anyway. Yeah, you know, I think it's I think it's a brilliant thing to say because it's like this is Uncut Gems uh-huh. is, is built out yeah, of we're still here. Can there you no. Uh, hello. Uh, oh, man. 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 No, you're still there. <laughs> okay. Dan. So. No, Dan no. is still here for me, so we'll see if he comes. Do you want me to, to hop out and come back? No, out? no, no, no. Okay, we'll see. But I yeah, see no, Dan. like <gasps> uh, Daniel here back. There, yeah. Oh, I'm so nervous. But Uncut oh. Gems Uncut Gems is like yeah, like especially hearing you guys talk about like the history of this movie and how they try to sell it like back in what was it two thousand eight or whatever it was. No. Like right. clearly Get like the clearly this is like everything else they've done is is the work is the work in progress version. <laughs> like they're just right. like, okay, well let's make a movie about a junkie girl. Let's make a movie about a son. So let's make a movie about Pattinson. And then like they they get good at all this stuff and then they roll it tightly into this special package, which is uh, uncut gems. Right. I, I, I completely I'm with you one hundred percent. Right. Okay. So, uh, so anyway, he basically is yelling at Damani. Damani says, I got it now. Right. And he goes, uh, he says, Oh, great. And goes, well, are you going to go to this weekend thing at this club? And goes, I wasn't going to go, but I guess I could go. Goes, great. No, you're going, you're going and you're bringing the gem. It's like, okay. All right. So he, he's going to this event, which his girlfriend is going to be there and to see the weekend. 
and the money's going to be there with the gym. So now he's got to get it, right? Big, big to do. So he gets into the club and it's the total scene of knowing the bouncer things. Yeah. Someone doesn't recognize him, then someone recognizes him. It's just the, the worst. I This nightclub scenes are the worst. And this is yeah. one of my favorite shot sequences in the movie because like the whole thing is rent. Like, like Keith Sanfield is wearing this super bright day glow orange, orange. black light reactive sweatshirt. And everybody else is not wearing something like that. So he is just this bright orange like, like <laughs> not just that but he's what he's kind of like the diamond like the opal. yeah yeah exactly he is like this he is, is glowing it. like the opal like okay, that's my I opal give me this yeah I mean, it's I don't have it. yeah that I is like that scene is, uh, is really like a cyberpunk movie it's like right. it's so like futuristic and bizarre i was just like this is unbelievably cool looking what was really funny about it is they make such a point of the black light because it was mm-hmm. in the nightclub and then the weekend keeps yelling where's my black light where's i'm not gonna get on stage i'm not performing without my black and he's light. Uh, like god bless the weekend for, for like it is such a negative portrayal of the weekend in this movie it's hysterical yes like, well, a like, lot of people are negative. Like, like, look at, look at, uh, like Gar- Garnett. Gar- Garnett. Yeah, like, uh, Garnett's not quite like an a, asshole, but he's definitely like a driven, weird, mean person. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's but the terrible. weekend is a horrible person, too. Yeah. He's just like, I'm not even going to be on the stage. <laughs> just yeah. like, oh my yeah. God, dude. This prima donna douchebag. Right. And, uh, and like, that's that, that sets up the black leg situation. Of course, what happens is that Adam Sandler, he meets the weekend. <laughs> well, what's funny, first of all, he doesn't get his opal. Right, right. Right? And he's like, shut up, just enjoy the weekend. And it's like, God damn it, like still doesn't have his opal. Right? So he's still upset about it. Then he's trying to find his girlfriend to leave. <laughs> Guy says, I don't want to say anything, but she went into the bathroom with the weekend. <laughs> so the weekend's doing coke and doing coke his girlfriend. And trying, and trying, <laughs> trying to nail his girlfriend, and the girlfriend is totally flirting and teasing with the weekend. Yes, yes. It's so just bad. short of doing things, but you know, like any moment, something's yeah, it's happening. It's anything's happening. happening yeah, right? She's like, no touching, no touching, no touching, no yeah, touching. Sure. And then she goes, "Oh, but baby, I want to have so hard. Look how hard I am." And she's like, "Oh my god, look how hard you are." It's like. What the hell is going on? Yeah, it's then, happening. It's happening, right? And it's just it's just gross and yeah, the like weekend I said, is she's gross. the same kind of person as, as yes. Sandler. Like, because like she's enamored by being in the bathroom yeah. with a celebrity doing coke, right? Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. And so so at this point, Adam Sandler finds out there, smashes through the door. She says, I was nothing happened, I was just doing coke. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is right. good choices, everybody. Good choices. Good choices, right? Huh? At which point he gets pissed off and he starts punching the weekend, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, he's which of good. which of course introduces two bodyguards that drag him out. Yep, he's pissed off. He's angry. One guy. Oh, the, oh, but before that happened, by the way, really funny little side note: the guy who lets him into the club finally after he goes through the bouncer situation goes. Hey, by the way, where's my Michael Jackson diamond necklace, which he sold? <laughs> which he sold. Yeah. Nice. It's like, I need It's like, it's in my safe. Don't worry about it. It's in my safe. <laughs> it's like, okay. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Uh, and, so, and so then he's outside after the altercation with the bodyguards. He's angry at his girlfriend. His girlfriend's trying to get his attention, trying to ask for forgiveness. 
She's trying to explain to him that nothing happened. He's angry. He's calling her all kinds of words or, you know, you're trash, et cetera, et cetera. Get the fuck away from me. I hate you. I hate you. He's completely betrayed by her, mm -hmm. even though he's been cheating on his wife with her. So, uh, oh God, it's, yeah, just it's, even you bring it back to the story, it was like, I have a heart attack with these guys, this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely, ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So he's, he's disturbed. So at like, this point, totally, let's, let's establish yeah. where we are. She, she, he wants to break. He's like, I'm done with her. I right. hate her. Mm -hmm. She's trying to like, Oh no, what did I do? Because she's obviously had a good life with him. Right. right. Cause he was, you know, taking care she of fucked it up. Now she wants it back. She's, now blah, blah, she wants blah, it back. Blah, right. right. He's angry. He doesn't have an opal. <laughs> mm -hmm. Everything's fucked. And everything's <laughs> fucked. So now next scene, he's back at his office and he's on the phone trying to get in touch with Kevin Garnett's managers and saying, I'm going to sue you or sue him. And I'm lawyers. It's like, he owes, you know, all this stuff is on. And while this is going on and they're like, who the hell are you? And blah, blah, blah. And, this this? Right. and then suddenly Kevin Garnett shows up at the door and goes, never mind. Click. And it just hangs up on them. Although they were, they were furious on the phone. Never mind. Click. Yep. You know, almost felt like a prank call. Anyway, Kevin Garnett shows up. Uh, and he's, they've got his double door situation, which becomes yeah. an important part. So there's a yeah. front door and then there's a, like a, like a oh, the dummy it? door, right? Or it's, it's, it's like, it's a, a, like, it's a, it's a, like a little safety box, situation. safety box door, which is uh plexiglass or bulletproof glass. So you come in through the front door and then you still have to get through another door to buzz you in. So you're in between two. It's basically an anti robbery situation where right. someone can't come in to the store directly with a gun. They have right. to go through another piece of glass to get there. So there's a double thing. So they're in, in, they're in between the two, like a vestibule, I think it's called or something, right? No, I think that I'll get you the name. Keep talking. Okay, good. So, so he's in his situation and the, the, the door won't open, like the buzzer won't work. And he goes, uh, get the hammer. And everyone kind of knows what they need to do, but it really seems like Adam Sandler knows every bit of everything of how to get it fixed. Like, you got to put the metal shavings in there. You got to do this. Da, 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 and hit it on that, top. And hit it down on top. And it's finally. There it is, guys. Oh, the man trap. Man trap. Man trap. There it is. Right. Yeah. And it's not a song from the 70s. It's not the Hollow Notes, but no, that's a man here. Oh, right, man. He's a man trap. Oh. <laughs> man trapper. Yeah, no, they, they're oh, like, we should go this. Looking for diamonds. <laughs> it's a man but Garnett trap. and crew get trapped in the man trap. Right. And, and, and so Kevin Garnett says, I got the opal and he's got this bag says, I've got $175,000 in cash right here. I want to buy the opal. I want to buy the opal. Right and the guy says, you can't, I can't. It's already been promised at auction. <laughs> right. Right. He says, but go to the auction. You can bid on it. <laughs> right. Right. It's worth a lot more than that. I can't do that. It's going to the auction. So he's like, okay. So. Finally, he has the opal at this point, right? The guy asks for his ring back. <laughs> yes. And he's like, oh, it's in Long Island. It's in Long Island. <laughs> right. Right. Pond. It's pond around is. there. You're like, I have no sympathy for you. You're in a lunatic. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, God damn it. You're so like, 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 don't worry about it. I don't worry about it. All right. Okay. So. Anyway, so there you go. So that's that situation. Next, uh, I forgot how we go from there, but from there, it's Passover. 
right? One of the biggest Jewish holidays, Passover dinner, combination of family and religious uh, rituals that happen at Passover, in case you don't know. Uh, but um, I'm not Jewish, but I've definitely seen enough uh, things along the, those lines about Passover dinner. So they're having Passover dinner. Find out who is at Passover dinner with them? Arno. Arno. Yeah. Because <laughs> exactly. find out that Arno is actually his brother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. Or his brother his uncle or something like that. Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. a very close relation. His sister-in-law's husband. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. And he's also not Eric Jewish. Gershon. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. That's right. Yeah. He's Armenian. Right. Right. And so married into the family. And his father-in-law is played by Judd Hurst, right? And that's also Arno is, is Eric Bogosian. Yes, right. And uh, and yeah, like Judd Hirsch, who I love, and I wish were more famous. Like yeah. he was famous when he was on Taxi in the seventies, but uh, but he's, he's done a lot of things. Yeah, he's oh my well, God. Well, Taxi, Taxi. Exactly. running on uh, empty, etc. Fantastic. Yeah, but he, he clearly the uh, Judd Hirsch does not like Arno because he's not Jewish. Mm-hmm. And he says, can you believe that guy? He came in and said, happy holidays like it's fucking Christmas. Like it's fucking Christmas. Yes, <laughs> right? exactly. Right. And so this is the whole situation. At which point, you know, then what's going on here? Okay. So then Adam Sandler goes in the bathroom, yells, yells at her to get the hell out of the apartment. He wants her gone, 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 right. et cetera. Right. Then he sits down after dinner, all the guys watching, drinking, smoking cigars, watching TV. But that's the, just quickly, that's the importance of family in Judaism yes. that yes. you see right. because they wouldn't, Arno wouldn't be chasing after him in that manner. He would do what Judd Hirsch does, put himself in a bad spot, but still do it because he's family. At the right. end, you see, right. oh, I got to put the money up for this it, guy. And it, really, and it really shows, like, like what Judd Hirsch says there shows exactly what, like, that, that's like this is why Sandler is driven. Like he's just like I need. He to, wants to impress him. Yes, yeah, I need to impress this guy and this guy. Like, but what the point is is also the importance of family because mm-hmm. if if um, Bogosian's character was Jewish, he would not be doing this to him, putting the exactly. heavies to them. Right, and right. that's that's the big thing because family above all. So he right. wouldn't be under that pressure right. because of the very fact that, you know, he'd be family. So that was the real difference. And, and it speaks about, you know, the strength of, uh, you know, the, the family bonds in, in Judaism. Mm-hmm. And that was an important yep. thing. Because well, and, and, like, and the dinner is very formal. I mean, like, and, and what's really great, it's, a, it's, a, it's very, uh, like, it's, they go through all the steps of it. Then they're like, uh, they're, you know, reading out, uh, you know, traditional, the plagues, uh, yeah. like the, the lines that you're supposed to say. And, uh, and Sandler's like, well, you, you take, uh, the, the, the Hebrew line, part, the Hebrew I'll part, it. and I'll do the English, and so like yeah, like there's like you can see like even within the situation like how where where Sandler feels he is in relationship to Judaism, right? You know, and uh, and what he has to try to prove to the family and all this kind. Of, it's just really brilliantly done, and again, it's like all very subtly done. Like it's just part of the scene, as opposed to like like trying to make a statement about anything with it. No, they're it's just excellent. Le- they're just layering it in. As part of what is driving right. it. It's really, really, really nice to know. So, and also what's interesting, this is the first time you sort of see Sandler a little relaxed, much relaxed yeah. and in his element. Right. Yes. Right. Right. And that's kind of Sandler. an important part yep. thing. And yep. so when they're sitting down, uh, smoking cigars and doing stuff, 
Arnold comes in, smokes a cigarette, definitely feels out of place, right? But mm-hmm. they're talking, and uh, uh, um, Judd Hirsch looks at them and says, oh, your, your opal came in. Oh, my God, that's so exciting. So he's obviously enthralled by this, excited by this, and Sandler is absolutely loves the fact that his father-in-law is in it's success, success. Right, right, right? And so it's like, oh, my God, this could be worth a cool million dollars. This is so exciting. It just goes through the whole process. And so to him, he's excited because his father-in-law is excited. Now, so where is where is Adam Sandler this time? He's pissed off at his girlfriend who's been who he feels was cheated on with the weekend. Mm-hmm. He told her to get out of the apartment. He's having he's with his family, right? And uh and he's his father-in-law is admires him, right? Right. He leaves and then the the women are all together and his wife they're all like, it's like, oh my God, you still fit into your bat mitzvah dress, right? Yeah, right. So she has her bat mitzvah dress on. They're all laughing. He looks at her and goes, you look, you look gorgeous. It's very 80s dress, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, you, you look gorgeous. At which point he says, do you want to patch things up? Let's patch things up. Maybe we should give it another try. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And she's like, it's like, well, you know, maybe, you know, you said you would after Passover, but maybe we can make this work. And then she's like, I can't even look at you. Like, yeah. I don't, you are the <laughs> worst person in the world. And yeah. she says it with such visceral yeah. hate and laughter in her. Yeah. Like, like you've got to be kidding me, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Are you joking? Oh my God. I literally just got you naked out of a car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, so, and then he's like, come on. And, like, and then he looks at her and goes, She's trash. She's trash. I I know that. I I I. I that's done. It's over. It's over. She's trash. Like she. It's just horrible. Like talking right. about his girlfriend that he just broke right. up with five right. seconds ago. Right. Yeah. And she he says, "Do you? I don't. Do you want to hit me?" And she looks at him. She says, "Hit you." And she she goes to pull a punch on him and like to punch him, and he jarks back, but she doesn't punch him because I'm kidding. I can't even touch you <laughs> it is yeah, it is there is it she just absolutely despises him and you're like oh that's horrible yeah, it's just was, really 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 horrible yeah. never gonna recover from any, any never gonna that. recover from this never gonna recover from this anyway uh okay uh okay so and then there's a weird scene uh basically they drive back to they drive, they're driving back to uh, to their house. Why do you they, think it's weird? Because they've got to go to the apartment mm-hmm. because his son has to pee. <laughs> oh, he goes to the apartment because he wants to check to see that she's really moved out of the apartment. That's the big important thing mm-hmm. to happen, right? But then his son has to pee, and he doesn't want his son up there because he doesn't know if his girlfriend is still there. And I asked the right. guy who was from Good Times. <laughs> and it's, yeah, like it's, it's like, actually yeah, is. It that, yeah, exactly. it's so. Amos. So, Amos. So, so, John Amos. John Amos, yeah. Fantastic actor. Who plays himself again in that? Yeah, he's, they, he's, they knock on his guy. apartment and ask if his son can pee because he basically tells his son the bathroom's under construction; it's not working. You'll have to see one of my neighbors trying to basically find a way not to get his son into the apartment in case the girl's there. Right? right, right. At which point he finds another neighbor, says, "Sure, he can go." So he, as his son is going to the bathroom, he races to the apartment. The apartment's completely empty. The stereo is on a note saying, "You know, I wish you a good life or whatever." But he's like, "Okay, she's gone." I guess she's gone. He leaves the apartment. 
His son is out there. It's like, okay, good. We can go. And goes, hey, who is the girl that was living in your apartment? <laughs> says the boy. He goes, the we're talking about. Like, chick that lives there's, in the apartment. there's a hot chick that keeps uh, that lives in your apartment. And he's like, never heard that. That's a like, don't tell anyone that. What? No, no. And it's just really awkward and odd. So anyway, so he's uh, they're now. In the car, gets back. I guess it's the next day. Now it's the day of the auction, right? So uh, the the, uh, the auctioneers have the uh, opal. He's down there. He's ready for the big day. He knows his uh, his father in law is going to come by to see the auction. Kevin Garnett's going to try to uh, buy the, the opal. One of his other in laws or relatives are there, excited to meet Kevin Garnett. Right, the kids, the, the kid. and then and then he's looking at all of the the catalogs. He opens up the catalog, and there's an insert in the catalog saying a correction: the price of the diamond is now one hundred and fifty-five thousand to two hundred and twenty-five thousand. That's the right. estimated value massive lower, massively massive. lower, like less than a quarter of what it was worth. He's furious. He says, "This is a mistake. Let me get on the." Uh, get on the phone and she's the, the, the same woman is like calling the calling the this woman on the phone. It's like, yeah, he says it's this, he says it's an appraisal and he goes, Nope, this is, you know, our one of our best appraisers ever. So he gets on the phone with her, by the way, is Tilda Swinton now that you know. The only hear is a voice. <laughs> yes. And she says, Don't no, she's one of our best gem appraisers. Says, I could have gotten six appraisers that would have been four times higher, every every at, at least four times higher. And goes through this whole thing with her. And they said You've got to correct it. Uh, you've got to correct it. And she's yelling at him and he goes, okay, well, he's pretending for the secretary <laughs> mm-hmm. right. that she's agreeing with him. It's like, okay, thank you. Thank you for seeing it my way. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Great. <laughs> I'll, let him know. I'll let him know from here. I really appreciate it. And then she's still yelling at him on the phone. And then he hangs up. It's like, okay, she said we can remove all the inserts. <laughs> and then was like, okay, just, I just got to ask her something unrelated. Yeah, this was last about two seconds. <laughs> and, then, and then, so he's just trying to remove all these inserts. <clears throat> and uh, at which point, uh, uh, suddenly someone shows up. I think Garnett or someone shows up. It's like, oh, fuck it. I'll just deal with it later. Right? Father and he goes, does. The father in law shows up. And then he tells his father in law, okay, I need you to boost up the bid. Which is the, the worst auction, thing to right. do. Boost up the uh, auction. What's the worst thing to do? It's like, no, no, no. Garnett's going to be here. He needs to pay at least this much for it, right? Like, what? And so he just goes through this whole process, right? And says he tells him to go up to 200000 right? We already know that Garnett showed up at the, ha- at the thing with 175000 right? Yep. So the bidding starts, 10000 2000 goes up, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It starts to, you know, Garnett's got the top bid at like 100000 or something less than that. And 80, the, eighty thousand. Eighty thousand. I was the, there, and I tried to bid, but I didn't have my placards. Like right. So oh, yeah, he yeah, keeps going up. He keeps going. He keeps going up. And so the father keeps going up, and then of course Garnett goes up, goes up, and then Garnett stops at a, you know, stops at one hundred seventy five thousand. He's talking to someone, for, <laughs> and then the father goes up one hundred eighty thousand, or does he one hundred eighty? Does he get to two hundred eighty thousand? I think he goes to right one seventy five. No, he goes oh, to one eighty. One eighty. One eighty. Garnett stops bidding. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh no. And so now the father owes $180,000 <laughs> for the thing. And that's the end. And he's pissed. Right. Yeah. So then he leaves. He's angry at his, at his, uh, at, uh, Adam Sandler. 
God, it's such a horrible scene. Garnett's pissed at him. He's like, what the fuck? You had your father-in-law outfit me you know, during this process. Dad leaves and goes, and then he goes to the dad and says, I'll get you the money. Don't worry, I'll get you the money. He goes and he and he says, Give me the opal. It's like, why need the opal? It's like, I need to sell that. <laughs> I need to sell it. Right. And then as he's leaving with it, Arno shows up, who's been watching this whole process, is soup because he wants his money, right? Mm-hmm. Where's my money, Lebowski? Right? So he wants his money and his heavies start beating him up randomly like in his throat like in public just yep. pretty badly pretty oh, <laughs> throws him into a fountain smacks his nose loses his glasses it's pretty bad it's pretty bad uh but he still has his opal right he still has the opal so he walks back to the to his office uh and it's he's he's just like at the lowest of his low like right mm-hmm. now really low um and Everyone's looking at him like, oh, what's going on? His girlfriend, who still works there, shows up, finds out what's, you know, checks in on him, tries to be all sweet. He's like, I'll take care of you. And he just breaks down completely into tears, like a little sobbing baby. He's like, I don't know what to do anymore in my life. It's the worst. And it's a very odd and vulnerable scene very powerful scene really raw raw performance but very raw performance very raw and she is like completely empathetic and sympathetic to him right and the thing is like what's written is that it's not the kind of thing where it's like uh advertising tears you know it's not like oh it's so soulful like it's like panicked freak out tears like well yeah because everything's gone wrong <laughs> he is having a mental breakdown he's having it's, a mental breakdown like, every like it's, his it's marriage not, it's not, is it's over not some romantic weepy tears like oh what have i done it's just like he is he's like it's done ah. <laughs> like, right. lost my mind but you knew and, that was coming yeah and, and he's coming. like everything's lost everything's lost i lost my 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 I've lost my relationship when my father-in-law lost my wife i lost my kids i almost lost the opal like i like arno wants to kill me and then, but she sort of says, reassures him. It's like, but you still have me, right? Because she's still there. Mm-hmm. She got a tattoo of his name on her butt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, why did you do that? Why did you do that? And, and it's just, great because we can't be buried together. Like that's right. a, like, that is a brilliant and beautiful note for Sandler right there. Right. Like we get, we, uh, why did you do that? Now she's we can't not be church. Yeah. Right. Just like this is, like that's what this dude that's what this means to this guy. Like it like that that's I'm just like there's like this unexpected excellent depth in that scene where you're just like it's really very revealing. I think it's I think it's tremendous. I think it's very tremendous. Yeah, and it's it is it is powerful, very powerful, mm-hmm. very powerful. Okay. Um Okay, so finally Garnett comes back with the money. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it comes back to the comes back to the store. We basically like, you know, what's what's going on, right? So uh, he gets Sandler. Okay. Now Sandler gets the gets his ring back. Yes. From that's the right. pawn shop, he has to right. go to the pawn shop to get the ring back, right? Right. So he also has another champ Nick championship ring on, and he mm-hmm. swaps one ring for the other ring. Ugh. Right, so he can at least pay back. Yeah, 
So Jesus. because he doesn't have the cash, right? So he swamps one ring for the other, and the guy says, "This is you said Friday. You said Friday. This is technically my ring." <laughs> and so they go through this whole thing, but the guy, and then he's all messed up if from the accident. Right? Big, he's all messed up from the accident. My, this is arguably my favorite line from this guy. The, the pawn chops that are playing hardball with him. It's like, "This is my ring. You got this. Uh, you know how yeah. much Ziggy or it's like like the Vizzy. I forgot the terms that the Vig, the Vig, sixteen percent Vig." Yeah, sixteen percent big on this line. They like get into the hardball, and, and then, and then through all this hardcore negotiation of like hardball, the guy looks at and goes, "What's wrong with you, boo boo? <laughs> what's wrong with you, boo boo? What's what's going on?" And he's going like, on? "I'm he's fine." He's got bloody nose and everything. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, what's wrong with you? And I said, "Bubba" or something like that. Like he yeah. gives him this little cute little pet name. Yeah, like, like all that shit's just business. Like, what's going wrong with you? Like, you're, you're not what's, acting like yourself. You're not acting like yourself. Yeah. Right. Like this, you're, you're acting like so what he's essentially saying is like, you know, like I have to charge you this much more on top of this. So in doing this right now, in a week, you're going to be in the same fucking position you are right this second. Right. Like, it's just going to loop. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and like, you used to be great. You know, you used to have your shit together. Right. Like your, your shop was great and everyone is, that's why everyone came to you. But now it's all gone. Like yeah. the red, no, the respect what's is the gone. Line, what's the gone. line from uh, from Jackie Brown? You used to be beautiful, man. Oh, your, our ass used to be beautiful. Okay. Like what? Your yes, ass yes. used to be beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. No, yeah. it's our because he's talking about so, their relationship. Like, right. What's right. wrong? What, whatever happened to you, man? Our our ass used to be beautiful. Yeah. It's just fucking yeah, absolutely gold, absolutely gold. But yeah, it's the same thing. He's like, so when he says that, we're just like, what's like what what's wrong, boo, or whatever it is. Yeah. Like you're Bubba. just like, <laughs> like that's the real. Like all that stuff is just business, and I like, think that guy who is in the pawn shop—he's a—he's a real jewelry guy. I, he like, certainly I looks like he's the two of those. Very yeah. genuine, good guy. Very genuine. <laughs> like the only person that could have played that role outside of that guy is Jack Elam, and that guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's that. Yeah, really. So it's great. quite. Uh, the, the, he's one of my favorite side characters. Is yeah. the like so good? How much on this and the two points? Those on are that, real, the real personalities. They got right yeah. there. It's really fantastic. The yeah, book it's he, the, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. The bookie, the, the bookie dude. at the um, the bookie at the restaurant's pretty good too. But yeah, but, well, it's but, like but, like in Taxi Driver. You're saying Eric, it's like you know, it's like the drummer in Taxi Driver, just like and now the the the, the great Jim yeah. Krupa. <laughs> just like it's so fucking real you can't like do anything with it it's just amazing uh, just film it yep just film it put it in what's wrong with you Boba? <laughs> <laughs> all right before we because this is the, the big finale scene is coming up and i want to sort of get into that uh as we go with it but can we take a two minute break before we do that oh absolutely that's okay that's good right, and so, uh, uh by the way to, go ahead I, I know we, we were talking about it before anyone joined, but uh, let us know in the comments what do you think of our new layout here? And if you think that works, it was, you know, it's better seeing us all sort of together on a green screen, even though we're all in three different places. Uh, but let us know what you think about that. I uh, personally that I love it. I think it's great. If you good, think yeah. it looks cool, I think it's cool. If you guys have any comments or ideas, let us know. But for those of you who are new to the show, like Mr. Half Whispered, uh, or Mrs. Half Whispered, or uh, whoever you may be. Um, uh, we're basically going to do a two-minute break. Generally speaking, if you are a subscriber to the channel, you won't have an ad break, and we talk about some other random stuff during the ad break, uh, but that's what we'll do, and then uh, we'll be back in two minutes. So I'm going to go ahead and run the ad, and then we'll see you in two minutes uh, while we'll talk about the conclusion of Uncut Gems. Nice. There we go. Uh, so 
Eric, have you seen the Batman? You mean the the, the Pattinson version of Batman? Yes. Did you like it? Yeah. Because I, I I really liked it when I first saw it. I just watched it again. And I'm like, I think I slept on this a little bit. I really loved it when I first saw it, but now I'm watching it again. I'm like, this is great. Like this is a great movie. The plot is great. The themes are great. Yeah. I uh I haven't seen it since then, but yes. I, my daughter had it, or I, I watched yeah. it with her. That is a yeah. uh, that I, I was. She likes I, him. She yeah, thinks I, we're I, not going to do that festival, but I say we are. Oh, dude, it's got to happen. Got to happen. Yeah, I, I have become know, a huge fan. Do it. Yeah, I'm. I'm a, <laughs> and we'll figure something else out. But I'm. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a, a diehard Pattinson fan by this point. Like I like all of his weird movies he's done. I loved him in Batman. I loved him in Good Time. Like I think the guy's just terrific. Lighthouse, all that stuff. But yeah, uh, that, Batman really, I was just like, I, I when I first thought, I was like, oh, that's terrific. Really good movie. Best Batman movie I've seen in a long time. But this time I was like, that sort of feels like it was made in the 70s. There's like, a lot. You know, a, and it kind of like, makes you think about what we're writing right now. It's not really <laughs> kind of, you know what I mean? Because there's a lot of good ones out there. Yeah. Yeah. There's every, every now and again. Doesn't that make you rethink what we wrote? Oh no! Well, it's, that's the that's the exception that proves the rule. For me. Like, I mean, like by and large, they don't do that. <laughs> like, like yeah, by and large, like, all everything that the, the studios make for superhero movies is is garbage. But the but the Batman is is I was, I was really struck by it. The Dana again. I was like, damn, dude, this is a tight script, great ideas, and flawless execution all the way through. Really, who something. directed it? That is a um uh he's a. I forgot his name's in my brain. Uh, but anyway, he's he's one of the best studio guys there is. He directed uh, uh, the last two Planet of the Apes movies, which are oh yeah, he's Australian. And uh, is he? That's interesting. Like he's uh, I think he, really yeah, terrific. I, and uh, he because uh, he also did um, uh, oh yeah, thank you, uh, Alan Schneller, Matt Reeves. Like this guy, he also did Cloverfield, which is uh uh, yeah. ex- like one of the best versions of that movie I've ever seen, uh, and yeah, he's like he's he's just been in the background, and finally they gave him. They're like, you've been doing great work for so long. Take a Batman movie, and uh, and I was I was really uh, I my my opinion went up by twenty percent on that movie, and I already liked it really quite great. That's cool. I heard that they're trying to find a what it was a Kevin Feige person for the DC comics, and no one wants to do it anymore. Yeah, Why? no, no. Why would you want that gig? <laughs> because uh, because the, ever since the transfer with the uh, Discovery and HBO and oh, Warner it's Brothers, such a disaster. It's, it's such, such a disaster. such a disaster over like, there. They they have no idea. They didn't know what they wanted to do. Only before, like the right. thing is, I'll give I'll give more credit to DC and Warner's for they're at least trying to find something new, and that's why you ended up with Batman, which is great. Mm-hmm. But like they're like, where did uh, you read that? Chris? Uh, there was an article a couple days ago. But they they can't sustain their tone because they're they they're constantly chasing Marvel, and Marvel is on the downslope. Like they're like the the they're I'm I would bet that their best days are far behind them now, uh, and I don't think that's going to come back. I think it's interesting. I think that um, right. I don't. People don't think that Marvel's best days are behind them, but they are. <laughs> I mean, just in terms of the <sighs> filmmaking quality, from what I've seen, they're. They haven't made a great film in eight films. Yeah, no, it's it's like it's been a yeah, lot. I made fifty. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I mean, it's just like when, once I hit Black Widow, I was like, I can't, I just can't do this anymore. 
Like that's just yeah. not that's just not. I've there's rumors that She Hulk is a good series, but I just don't really have. Yeah, no, at least it. like She Hulk sounds like at least it goes. I read the She Hulk comic book. It's a silly, fun, snappy comic. So it sounds like they're at least trying to do that, and that's at least different. And I think that like their TV stuff is yeah, yeah, generally just, a little I'm more daring. Done. But it's like I, I, the thing is that. right. They are Marvel, so therefore the only thing they can do is superhero films. Yeah, right. That's yeah. the only thing they can do. Yeah, and it's just like Disney can only do Disney films. But we can. But I can definitely say, like you know, with the what we always talk about it. But it's just like you know, when things are, you know, when it's nothing but nothing but uh, uh, you know, white hat, black hat westerns in the movie theaters. It's not going to be too long before you know uh, Sergio Leone shows up to rock the boat. And you do see evidence of that in like uh, Amazon's The Boys, which is great, uh, or Invincible, also on Amazon, which is great. It's just not happening in the theaters. Like you're going to see it on all this, the great stuff right now. And this is this is I from think me. That's actually, I think the theaters is that's the, the you see that a major of, change. Is, I think yeah. the concept of theaters is going to change drastically at some point. It, well, I mean, it has to. This the second work. largest change is when I, when filed for Chapter Eleven. Yeah. Did you see that? Like I'm, all, I'm always going to want to see things in the theaters. I want to see good movies in theaters, but there aren't. There is no such thing as good movies in theaters. <laughs> like there's one or two this year. That no, but there will be. I mean, and actually, Spielberg mentioned talked about this like ten years ago. He goes, "What's going to happen is they're going to have exhibition films, mm-hmm. right? That are going to just big the, the giant noisy ride dollar right. avatars or whatever, right? And then there's going to be the niche cinemas that you're going to go to, and it's going to be very extravagant. Yeah. And you're like, going to pay big money for it, yeah, like a hundred dollars a dinner there, and, dinner there, yeah, yeah. Right. Then, like going to the opera, right? right? And you're going to watch, I, I like, you know, like Lawrence Arabia or whatever. Cause, and cause actually, they, I'm fine with that. I'll go. I'm, I'm fine I, with I, that this, too. this is like, uh, the, and this, this is the thing is like that, like if, uh, for that experience. First of all, that all sounds incredible. It's yeah. lousy that it's like I always I like that cinema, going to the theaters was democratized so that you know even if you could if you had like two dollars to rub together. You could still go to the movies, but that hasn't been true in 25, 30 years. You know, um, at, at very least, if they're going to, you know, make but it is. that much of a deal about it. It uh, is now. You know what it is? Here's what the democracy is. A really good TV costs $600. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that's you a great know? point. That's great. It's a great point. And, and, so, like, and, and Netflix everybody has access a great to great TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, every, everybody has access to that, and that's fine. I still want to go see, I would still want to see even small movies. I want to see them in the theater if I can, because yeah. that's a great experience. But, like, if I, I will pay through the nose to have that, and people that will pay through the nose to have it don't, like, no one's going to pay 50 bucks most, to go see a movie and, people, yeah, and then be on their cell phone. Most, people, <laughs> like that's most people's happen. TV in their house is 55 inches or more. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right? That's right. Which so is like sitting think, in a very about, far think back. About, like that 20 years ago. A yeah. fifty-five inch TV used to cost oh, no thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. It was plasma, and it weighed like seven hundred pounds. Like it, it, I like that is like sitting in the very back. That's what it was. It was plasma, it's pretty. Totally. It's still. It's sort of like being in a theater, you know. Yeah. And uh, it has its conveniences, which I think are good. Are good and bad, but I think that yes. like it's certainly it's certainly fine. But and fine. like movie theaters also were pretty crappy at some point. Remember the wooden seats? Of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, if you go to if you want to go to like go to the new Beverly Theater, which shows great movies, and I love it. I, and it's cheap. I used to live by that man. It's wonderful. The seats there are so shitty that I have to sit in the back just so I can stand up. Like I, I just I have to halfway through the movie, and my ass hurts so much I have to stand up. Like it's so bad. But the thing is, like I mean, you know, like for me, just speaking for myself, going to the theater. With great, with a huge screen, great sound, and the only thing I can pay attention to the, is the movie. 
and I'm there with a crowd that wants to be there and is enjoying it is I'm never going to get that at home until VR is perfect. It's never going to happen. Right. So like, I'm, I'm always going to want that. And I'm, I will definitely, I want people never going to be perfect. It's going to be a long way from being perfect. And so like, I will definitely pay 50 bucks to go see a great movie in the theater with people that are there to appreciate that movie for sure. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, all right. So he's beat up, et cetera, situation. Finally, Garnett comes back. It's going to sell him the gems, right? <laughs> uh, Garnett gives him the money. He's I, 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 I think I'm missing a couple of parts here, but yeah, that's okay. Right. We have to get the basic idea. Get, you know, start to sum basically, up, right? sum up. He gets, he gets this big suitcase full of cash. He says, I've already taken Damani's cut out of it. He's like, fine, fine, fine. So he's Here's got a hundred pile of money. He's $155,000 in, in a, in a, in a Gucci or, you know, uh, Versace's, uh, right. bag. Right. Whatever and then everything's fine because he pay off his debts and that's the end of the movie. Right. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best part. And so actually, and this is the speech he gets, right? The speech is really good. Actually. He says, he says, be honest. How much did you pay for? How much did you pay for that? Uh, for, that for, the, for the for the for the diamond. diamond. And he says, so that's, "That's that's an appropriate question." And he goes, "And it's true. That isn't an appropriate question. But you want to know, right? As 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 the audience, you want to know, mm-hmm. right?" And he tells him, "It's like paid a hundred thousand dollars for it." And he goes, "But eighteen months of my work, the the research, that this, the, that, that, the happening goes is like, yeah, but those guys got." He goes, that's 50 lifetimes <laughs> for yeah. there in Ethiopia, right? And he says, is this those guys, is, but I, you know, for me, it's, it's not my fault that it's worth that much money, et cetera. But he says, it's like, it, and then he starts saying, it's about winning, about winning. You know, people think mm-hmm. you're a loser and you're going to prove them wrong. You're going to mm-hmm. prove them wrong. And that's exactly what he's going through. Everyone mm-hmm. thinks he's a loser and he wants to prove them wrong. That's right. And he, and he looks at him and he says, you've got that opal. He's like, you're going to be a winner. He goes, let's look at you Las Vegas. And he turns the monitor around. It's like, they think you're going to lose. They think you're a complete but fucking You, you and loser. I know. You, you and, and I, I know. know. You yeah. and I know that you can win. In fact, you know what? Fuck it. I'm taking this whole bag of cash and I'm betting it all on you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> going, I'm going to the casino and getting it out. Now he knows like, there's a lot of stuff going on. The 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 the, the bad guys are there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see them on the TV. You can see right. the, the Arno and his henchmen are there. You can see them on a TV. So he's trying to, he's got to get all this money to a casino, right? So his girlfriend is there. He calls her on the phone. He says, go to the store next door and look out Jojo's. the window. Jojo's, look out the window. And I have to just say... My favorite shot in the entire film. I thought you were going to say my favorite. My favorite shop is JoJo's. JoJo's. <laughs> Just, it's second only to uh, that great hot chicken place downtown. I get all these felt scraps <laughs> I can do crafts with. It's awesome. Yeah. The, the, that, that shot, the, the iconic shot to me of this film is the camera is looking down. Down. Yeah. Down the building. The and watching him pass the bag to her. In fact, I'll, I'll even correct that. The camera is not looking st- straight down. It's not just simple straight down shot. It's actually off to the right and angled out like this 
So gravity is like fucked in the shot. Like it takes you a second to figure out. Yeah, what because happened. he's about to hand over a bag with a lot of money on it, and you don't yeah. want to drop it. You really feel the pull of the gravity in the shot, right? right? As and they're leaning out the window, as they're leaning out the window to pass the bag from one to the uh, next window. It shows uh, like, a lot about them too. The like, whole movie is right. that shot. The every yeah. everything right. in the movie is in that single shot. It's flawless, flawless. Right. And, and she's she's. She's happy because she knows that she's back with him and he trusts her. Yep. He puts a bet. He puts on a post-it note. He puts the bet on what the bet's going to be. He yep. says, I hired you a helicopter to go to fly to the, you know, Connecticut. Sun or whatever it is. Which is in Connecticut at some yeah. uh, place. Right. And you okay. go there and, uh, and go ahead and, you know, place this bet on the post. Go, go, go right now. And then she, she says, I love you. And he goes, I'm going to fuck you so hard when you get home. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. That's love. It's amazing. It's, You're like, it's the way he expressed love. love. And that so was the good. Head. And it's she so was good. like, yes, I'm so excited. Yeah. And crazy. so she's part of his thing and she's going to, she's going to help him and save him. And he is put the biggest bet he's ever put on, on everything on an extremely risky bet. Right. right. Oh, and to, to him, to him, this is the best. Right. And to everyone else, I'm like, no. What are you doing? You could have had this all over with. Solved. Everything's solved. Yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> You're going to bet it all on. Yep. Bet it all on. But Kevin Garnett is completely like, You're crazy, man. But you can see in his eyes. Yeah, he's, he's infected he's by it. He's, he's like, yes. motivated. And he's I like, am going everyone, to <laughs> everyone doubts me. Everyone doubts me. Now, I should note that this is based on the games that are being played. Yeah, that's it's exactly games. what happened in the games. Yeah, so they constructed a movie around, the around, around each game, yep. whether he won or lost, depending yep. on the order of the game, right? Mm -hmm. This is to make this happen. So this is a complete fictional movie constructed around the life of a jeweler this is constructed on the situation with the Celtics uh, on this game. Was it Celtics? It's Celtics. Yeah, Celtics. Yeah, yeah. it's good. I think it's good stuff. Yeah. But it's fantastic. And it's, it's, it's like really kind of fascinating to detect it. And were you a big Celtics fan? I've never been a big sports fan. I was, uh, yeah. I knew, of I, my, I, was, I was generally aware of it growing up uh, with Larry Bird, et cetera. Uh, but uh, I never, I never was fully infected by it. So like, I love sports movies, but I've never, McMonkey Man said he is. He is one. Yeah, of yeah. No, one hundred percent. Todd and I grew up the basement, same, same spot. I, I I enjoy sports every now and then, but after a while, I just started really getting frustrated with uh, millionaires bouncing balls around. Yeah. So, right. uh, and I think the thing that upset me the most is especially when I started to go to bigger schools or southern schools, when I realized how much of the money of schools goes into football teams, and it just made me sick. Because school should be about education and not about favoritism and all this other stuff. Now they yeah, always say it was like, oh well, no, the money helps the school. It helps the school. It's like yeah, it's a you should be giving bribe. money to the school to make it a better school, not because of the football team. Right. Like right. instead yeah. of giving, 
these football players, like the football players and football coaches make so, so much money. Oh, it's it's insane. Yeah. They, like, it, co- it turns the school into a business, uh, into a sports business. Right. They're like, like, oh, but we raise so much money because we can give some of that back to school. Yes. But why not just give it to the school? Because the yeah, school is only getting 10% of the money. Yeah, exactly. 90% of it is going to the football team. Right. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like and then like and this obviously zero percent sports fan, but like uh, the there is a clear difference between like the way that you know say like basketball used to be played versus how basketball is played today, where like now it's very star driven and very it's it's no it's not a team based game uh, as it was before. Now it's like you have giant stars that do giant things, and it's uh, it's less it's less interesting. It's just the listeners. Thinking. I don't. I don't even know because I haven't really watched a game in twenty five years. But yeah. anyway, I, I have barely keep up with any of that stuff. It's just right. my sports addict friends talk about it a lot, and I can see what they're talking. About. Right, right, right. Okay, so where are we now? Uh, so he, the money's out the door. She's getting on a helicopter. They figure out where's the girl. They try to chase her down. They mm-hmm. figure out she's at the casino, so they're going to have send people to the casino. Right, mm-hmm. then. Uh, Garnett's gone. The guys try to chase her. Then they try to get back in the store. And it's Arno and the two thugs, and they're trapped in the vestibule because the buzzer won't work it's because the, the screw, right. screwdriver fell out. Right. And uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Adam Sandler says, Howie says, uh, Oh, the buzzer won't work because you know the screwdriver fell out. So he's using it as an excuse. And he says, But, but don't worry. Look at this. He's going to turn the game on. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to win so big. Everything's going to be okay. We're going to win so big on this. And you're like, oh, God. So All the these three, meathead thugs. The meathead are looking at him, and especially the one, the big, the, the, bad, the heavy, right? The really heavy. He has an expression on his face of pure hatred. Yeah, as like, much as a can I, of spam can have a, an opinion, he is very mad. <laughs> like that guy. He is looking at him like, what I am going to fuck you up so bad. Yeah. And he's just staring at him, not even doing anything. Yeah. And sure. it's getting hot in there. You can tell they're sweating like crazy, right. right? And so they're doing that. So he turns on the TV. He's watching this game, right? She's going to, she's, uh, she's, she's, uh, well, before the game starts, she's flying on the helicopter to get to the game. So, <laughs> some Phil Spectre dude is in there. He totally was like, also, the guy from uh, Paramount Pictures, The Godfather, what was his name? Um, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, he was the greatest. Robert Evans. The best. <laughs> exactly. Robert Evans. He's a little Harvey Weinstein y kind of a little bit, too. He's just right. really creepy. Steve-o. And he's like, ah, and he keeps talking. And he's just, he just You're looks beautiful. like a greasy sexy guy. Goes, I got all this money. I don't know what to do with it. No one, you know. And he's just like, she's just like, uh huh, uh huh. And so. Anyway, she's got these big dark sunglasses, and it's just—he's just very creepy looking. Anyway, so she races out of the—he's the only other guy in the helicopter with her. So she races out of the helicopter, goes to the to the front to the window to place the bet. And I forgot who plays the woman who takes the bet, but I've seen her before in something. Look that up. Uh, and so she's she's like, you gotta do this and that. She's reading and she says, okay, hold on, you want what? And she puts a number and she writes, looks at the note and goes, oh, okay, so in a three-way parlay, and so it's this very complicated bet of what's going on. Very complicated. But he's got it all written down. And so she's like, "And wh- wh- how much are you pacing on this? And he gets this and just dumps out this huge bu- bag of cash and goes, 
I need to get a manager. Just wait. <laughs> so the manager shows up and she places the bet. So she's got this ticket on her and the bet, the bet, the bet's placed and she's hanging out in the sports bar watching TV. And she, one guy sitting next to her, who seems like a normal guy and is talking to her and he goes, yeah, okay. So you got, she clearly doesn't quite know what she bet on. <laughs> right. So she's like, I did this, that, and goes, okay. So you did that. Okay. All right. So, all right, so you're ahead. So you got this. And so he's kind of explained to her what her bet is, right? right. Like how she's doing it. And she's kind of starting to get it. At which point the uh, the greasy rich guy shows up. He's like, baby, two times in one day. What is this? I was like, la, la, la. And, and she's like, oh, yeah, hi, hi, uh-huh, uh-huh. And the other guy's looking at him just laughing because the guy <sighs> is a complete parody. And so he says, well, it's like, I tell you what, I'm in, uh, I'm in penthouse A. I've got some sh- the, one of the best chefs in the world is coming over right. to cook food for us. Watch come it on together. By. Come, right. come on, we can watch the game together up there, et cetera. And he's like, okay. And so she walks off, and the guy next to him is like, oh, my God, that guy's like a cartoon. Which <laughs> really <laughs> funny. <laughs> really funny. At which point, she's like, okay, back. And then she realizes, oh, shit, some of the henchmen are here, right? Right. She starts to see that the guys are looking for her. So she hides under her chairs, ducks out, gets on an elevator, and goes to penthouse A to get away from the henchman. Mm-hmm. He's like, a dream come true. Yeah, so, so he's there. Robert and he's Evans, like, yeah. He's like, let's turn on the TV. He's like, I just need to watch the game. He's like, sure, turn on TV. I got to take a shower. So he's there, you know, showering, making stuff all pretty and stuff while she's watching the game. As the game's going on, there, we go back and forth between the jewelry store and the penthouse. She, they're both watching it. Oh, he also <laughs> looks at the guys and said, uh, tell, read the bet, read the bet. And she reads the bet to him. It's like, what is it if we win? And if they win, it's $1.2 million. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. He bet $150,000. The odds are so high that it'd be $1.2 million if they win. Right? And which is insane. Which is insane. insane. And by the way, they have to make the tip off for the bet to even work at all. Like everything collapses if he doesn't get the tip off. That's he doesn't get the tip off. He says, uh, and he does get the tip off. So, like, I was like, What's oh. the tip off? Like, with that, you know, at the, at the they, beginning when of the they game. throw the ball up in the beginning, the ball it goes the one way or the other, and then that's oh it. yeah, right. yeah. And so they get the tip off. He's like, wait, what? Like the whole like if he didn't make the tip off, the whole bet would be off. Yep. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a pretty high high stakes bet. <laughs> and then he has to make a certain amount of points. That's amount of rebounds. That's amount of points. Or something throughout the game to cover what they do. Big, and then after <laughs> that, they still have to actually win the game, and then the whole game is done. Then right? everything works. Then, then, then everything happens. works, and then they get the whole all the stuff. So it's a three way thing: first the tip off, then all the points that they needs to make, and then the actual game. So it's a crazy bit, and <laughs> they're watching it. He's making the points, making the points, making the points. He made the points at this point. All they have to do is actually win the game, and. Uh, they can get all the money, right? Right. <laughs> at which point, uh, uh, they're looking at it, and uh, I forgot how it goes on, how it plays out, but it's pretty intense. Okay, she gets the ticket. She's like, "Oh my god, we won!" By the way, the guy, the 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 rich guy, sleazeball, doesn't actually try to make a move on her per se, but uh, he ends up helping her get the cash out yeah. for her mm-hmm. and brings it to her in a limo. The time seems not believable, but 
Yeah. So he gets the cash out for her and brings it to her. And then he says, yeah, we'll get together later. It's like, okay. So she's leaving to go meet him. Meantime, he is like, I can't believe I've done it. He has that extreme face of exhilaration and awe of, you know, the orgasmic experience that he had. This complete post-coital <laughs> smile on his face yes, after right. it has happened. He has won. That's the highest he's ever, ever. going to be. Impossible. Ever going high, to be. Right. Arno looks at him and goes, oh, my God, he did it. He did it. And Arno actually is like, oh, shit. I can't believe it. I can't yeah. believe it. That's amazing. Right. And he's like kind of – and so suddenly the doors open. <laughs> Everyone comes out. Arno's looking at him like, oh, my God. And the heavy looks at him and just shoots him in the head. Just bang. Walk bang. And, and it's not even what's, what's beautiful about it. It's like there's no drama played no. to it at all. He just, he's just, I've been penting up in this thing, thinking yep. about killing you door for opens, three hours, and I'm going to do it. Shot, shot. You see the guy's hand come up. You don't even see the gun. You see the guy's hand come up like this, and in the reversal, you see Sandler get shot in the face. Like, it's like, there's no, like, oh my god, now he's going to fucking pull the gun on the guy. No, no, Nothing. it's so quick. That's it. Lights out. That's right. it. It was that horrible. Absolute height of uh, Sandler's joy, and the pressure is released. That's it. In a single cut. In a single cut. It's beautiful. Yep. It's the ultimate tragedy to me. It's just the best. Like, it's completely it, like, cathartic at that is point. It, is it actually a tragedy? Yes. Like, because, like, he would, like, so if so, he won all that money, yes. what would he do with it? No, he would bet it again. It again. That's, again. <laughs> That's why it's a tragedy, because in, in, in a comedy, you would be like, well, who knows where he goes from here? But in this, right. it's like, he got the complete cathartic experience. Yeah. He dies and at then the dies. absolute happiest he will ever possibly be. Like, right. like it's, it is basically a triumph for him because he yeah. gets exactly, there's no way he and even knew that he got shot. That that's what a tragedy is. That, no, like, that's, the fallacy of the tragedy is you finally like get to the point where you've solved right. everything okay. and so, then die. To, to, <laughs> to, to, to clarify, we, like to remove it from the, uh, the classical uh, conditions that make tragedy comedy, is sure. it sad? Is really the question I'm asking. Like, is this a sad thing that happens? Is a comedy? Is a tragedy sad? Is a tragedy? No, tra no, no. Like, uh, tra tragedies don't. Uh, tra I think that, like, like tragedies. Like, if just, I think we should shove, shove away the Shakespearean version of what we're talking about. Sure. And say, like, or the I don't think person, so because I actually think I, it is a Shakespearean I, comedy. Yo, know, I like, totally tragedy. Agree. Like, I, th I, I agree with you. But like, mm -hmm. uh, the the real question I'm asking is that is this. For the average Joe that watch this, watches this movie, do you believe they should feel sad or do they should feel happy for him in that moment? It's a moral play, just like some of the stuff that they were reading about the, at, the, the, you know, uh, at the table earlier where they're seeing mm -hmm. you know, pestilence and locusts and everything. Yes. It's a right. tale to warn you that don't right. be this. And somebody has to live that tale to tell to right. help further generations. And he does, in a way, help a further generation the woman he loves just walked away with all the money. Yeah, like the the fates were not defeated. It is a tragedy, one hundred percent. Like the like it's this Thank is what you. happens to Oedipus, my man. There it is. Um, yeah. uh, that being said, like within the terms of what he is about as a person, I can't yes. imagine him ever being happier than he is in that moment. No, he can't. No, be. it's impossible. If he had That's gotten that money, the only thing he does, he would have lost himself. all that money within six months. Oh, yeah. six, days. six days six days sure it's impossible he, he, he had had multiple opportunities to yep. pay off his debts yep. 
and he never did. Yeah. Like he, he gets, that's a get out of jail free card. As far as I'm concerned, like that's the, that's like, he may as well just like, you know, uh, like just collapsed and died and uh, like in uh, natural causes. Like it just happened. That's what happened. He, at least he died when he was happy is what you'd say. And at least he was shot in the face before he even knew the gun was in his face. Like right. that's basically what happened to him. And he still he has that smile on his face. That <laughs> that's it. it. Right. <laughs> now it's not yeah. quite over at this point because Arnho goes, what the hell man? Right. Why did you do that? I can't let you do that. Because the guys now are like, we're going to just rob his store or take everything. Yeah, because they're right? fucking criminals. As you should. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Arno gets pissed off about it. At which point, what do they do? They shoot Arno in the face. Well, uh, key, key thing. Arno tries to run, goes to the door. The door is still locked, jammed. Like, it's closed and they can't open it. They've killed the person who can open it. Like they're fucked. <laughs> like right. they are also fucked. They, they they don't show the scene, but they're robbing all the stuff. Like, what? You can't get out now. What are you gonna do? <laughs> like that's pretty right. much that. <laughs> they're trapped too. <laughs> right. But with yes, two bodies. Do. With two bodies. Yeah. Like with two bodies. Yeah. It's, it's utterly pointless. Everything that happens is pointless. And so yes, he right. does in fact shoot our piss. Great yeah. fall, by the way, by a Bogosian. I know. Collapses, oh, like, oh, like duh, duh. <laughs> If you guys remember, we the opening credits of the movie after the, the minor scene was the inside of uh, uh, Adam Sandler's colon, at which point we end the movie with going inside the bullet his hole colon of his head. His colon again. To his head. Yeah, it's funny. It's from one end to the other, I guess. Yeah, right. that, that's a good point. Yeah. So, so those are the two bookends of the thing. And it's uh, brilliant. Anyway, yep. I... I, I to me, honestly, the, besides the besides the, the 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 hecticness of everything and the ugh, why why why, um, the the ending was just to me was, was sort like, of put everything together. It's kind of like if you had a teenage son who just got a new sports car. You're like, oh, <laughs> oh god, I know. Uh, but it, there's something really beautiful in that it is a like and like cause people I think people think the ending where it goes into basically through crystal caves and in outer space is weird. But I'm just like it's a spiritual no. movie. Like that's yeah. the gag. This is a movie about this is a story just like they told around the table. Yeah, this is a this is his true internal life, and this is a mythic tale, like you're saying. It's like, well, it's also it's what I think is important. This is and he said it in the freaking thing. He looks at the at this opal and he goes. Look inside. That's history inside. You can see a whole universe inside of that rock, yeah. right? And that's to him is talking about how beautiful the things are contained within this, right? Yes, speaking and about that's himself. Exactly. Himself. <laughs> exactly. No one can yes. see like through the roughness of this. You look through these little windows, you can yep. see beauty, and that's what he's trying to say about himself. We're trying to say about his girlfriend, mm-hmm. right? But. He's that's when you go through him, of course, it's the same thing. I totally get it. It's like people don't get it. It's like I feel sorry for them for not getting it. Yeah. It's a miss out on all this 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 meaning. There's a like I think that the the Safety brothers are are really beautifully constructing this thing that is about because when they said in that interview when they said that it's he's a righteous man, I was just like I, I it made me think about the movie. I'm just like, this is really interesting because like they're trying to tell a uh, a very specific story about a very specific aspect of their own culture, right? And the things that motivate, uh, like the elements that motivate it, and like family, et cetera, and also affect them personally, you know? And sort of like, it's like when I watch uh, another movie that deals with 
uh, sort of deep Jewish myth is a serious man by the Cohen brothers. In fact, it opens the whole movie. The first 20 minutes of the movie are this, this like ancient myth. And, uh, and these movies are very, very related in my mind, you know, like the, there's, here's these, these desperate characters that are trying to do right by themselves and by their family. And it's putting them in a position that's making it harder and harder to do the thing that's connected to the thing that gives them meaning, you right. know? And it's a, it's a really, uh, it's a beautiful sort of, uh, poem of a, uh, of a story and, uh, and they, they and they, to wrap it up and sort of like, a manic thriller uh is uh is a really clever beautiful thing to do it's it's really i think uh, i think obviously they did the writing i'm assuming on this uh in a lot of ways but just just the idea of how they wrote this um how they wrote this how they wrote this around actual things that happened in basketball and made the story work so well yeah it's a great idea Uh, and it's the kind of thing you can really do when you when they've when you've spent as much time on something and thinking about it as hard as they did, like it really shows. Like in fact, like the the real the real credit I give them is like when people work on an idea that long, like it becomes really difficult to pare it down to the essentials. Like mm-hmm. oh really? I yeah, know that. <laughs> yeah exactly. Eric, Eric's familiar with this. You know, it's just like when when you've had an idea that's been growing and growing and growing, and you see all these connections and all these concepts <sighs> and all the stuff that you want to say. And like, and then the chance comes to make it. There's plenty of people who uh, drop the ball, you know, who don't have the the uh, uh, the strength to pare it down to the the bare bones it needs to be in order to be really effective for anybody who sees it. And uh, and this is a, a prime example of how to do it. I think that as we brought up before, like part of it is that they made their filmography up to that point about uh, being in training for this movie. And yeah. And uh, breaking it down into different aspects Practice of, films. of what this is. Yeah, that's really, really, really intensely well done. Yeah, just, you know, that's the thing. It's, uh, you know, keep making things. <laughs> yeah, that's how you get better. Like, have this thing in mind that you want to get to, but you know you're not good enough to do yet. Let me just put it this way. I've made a lot of flies. But yeah, I have to right? start by making some really crappy ones. That's right? me. I've been working on my project for four, right. four years now. Yeah, it's, it's really something, man. And they're like, yeah, you, you learn and apply and learn and apply and learn and apply. But it's yeah. just like, this is such a, I think that this is why when you originally opened talking about the movie, like this movie, I think it's a well-appreciated movie and it did pretty well, but I don't think it's given quite the credit. It oh, I don't, I, this is definitely no. an uncut, oh. this is a, this it's is an uncut a hidden by itself. Gem, exactly. a hidden gem in itself. Yeah. And I think this is a really important one because to be honest, this is, this is it. When I mean, we talked about this earlier, like this is, you know, when we talk about the the seventies and all that, which we talk about quite a bit, uh, and how that happened, I think that this is a, the situation where uh, the movies are uh, this this is this is a possible turning point type movie, or has the opportunity to be one. Did it? What did it? Was it one? Probably not. No. But we also know, as we found out many times, that things that are not often hits become hits later. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So things like Blade Runner, things like right. Fight Club. Right. 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 It, like, it has to like people don't get it just, all at once. I was just right. talking about it with my neighbor. She so she said she listened to my to our Fight Club episode and she said it was it was really good. She goes, I can't believe that Fight Club was not a hit. And goes, yeah. I says, yeah. And goes, when I was in college, she's a little younger than me. Because when I was in college, like every dorm room had a Fight Club poster in it. Yeah. Every yeah. single one. 
And how could it not be, have been a hit? As like it was a straight up bomb. I came out. It's a bad investment. That's that so crazy. But it's so deeply part of our culture now that it's just shorthand for certain things. Right. You know, and uh, and I think that, the, like, I, I agree. Like, there, there are movies like this. There's a good selection of movies in the 70s that were not, like, they may have been okay. Well, they were well-received and whatnot, but they only later on did people see how great they really were. And uh, and I think this is probably on track for that. I think that it should be remembered. I, I hope that it is remembered with greater depth than which it was a first first appreciated. Well, or 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 not, maybe. You know, there's here's hold on a second. I'm turning on some lights while I while I'm talking to you guys. So sorry if I'm a little bit distracted. But um here's the way I also look at it. I've used this analogy before. It may not be a good analogy anymore, probably because I'm, I'm too old or whatever. <laughs> but um um uh, um Detroit Techno. <laughs> Detroit Techno. Detroit Techno. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Detroit Techno hated by a lot of people. It was a sound that they didn't like. It was, you know, we can say the same thing about dubstep or whatever, right? But it was like, that's horrible. Techno is the worst, right? But Detroit mm-hmm. Techno gave birth to a huge, important part of electronic music. That mm-hmm. became mature over time and refinement, et cetera, right? So if you don't have Detroit techno, you don't end up having Underworld. You don't end up having all these right. other very interesting electronic music sounds that became very important in the right. in the in the two thousand. Called the Kraftwerk theory. Yeah. <laughs> I love Kraftwerk. Right. Lord Anderson fan, actually. That's fine. So so, but I also say the same thing about uh, like deconstructive architecture, right? Mm-hmm. If you look at early Frank Gehry architecture you'd say what the fuck is that he's mm-hmm. got buildings wrapped in chicken wire right, right. like this, and, yeah. and exposed plywood with sheetrock screws coming out of yeah. it yeah right you just if you guys know this because we went to a, a, a vfx house that had the whale was just literally corrugated yeah it's great yeah great metal and and sheetrock screws yeah. stuck out of it uh, out of plywood and it was like this is one of the greatest architects of all time. Is like this looks like it was constructed for a homeless encampment. Right? Yeah, it's great though. <laughs> so, great. but cool. if it wasn't for that development, right? Then later he like starts making things out of titanium and stainless steel, and you get the you know the Disney Walt Concert Hall, et cetera, et cetera. But it needed to evolve out of that grittiness to it. Right. So part of me feels. That this, especially when you listen to the cacophony of the music and the craziness and the the the, the how uncomfortable you feel at this mm-hmm. as this movie goes, this is not a comfortable film, right? Right. right. How uncomfortable yeah. you feel during this process is part of what makes it so strong. Mm-hmm. You just have to have the stomach for it, and you have right. to be able to go through that process. And I yeah. think that that's okay, and that's a good thing. I like it. I like that. That. Process. Well, yeah, and like I would, I would take it so far as that. That's how I feel about all their films, uh, and they just get better and better at what they're doing. And you can see why right. that Scorsese, because uh, one of my favorite Scorsese's is King of Comedy, and there's this awkwardness in the character oh, that you and I felt the same way. Yeah. You felt about uh, Sandler as I did De, Ni- De Niro as a. Um, Rupert Pumpkin, <clears throat> Rupert Pumpkin, and uh, yeah, like, and for me, uh, uh, is that in, cork? Is that cork? Oh, dude, that's so good. Ma, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, 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 is that cork? The uh, but yeah, like I, 
I, I think that there's a, like, because this is how I feel about Good Time, for instance. I mean, like, I think that Good Time has that, like, it's an, it's an ultra abrasive movie. It's, it's more abrasive and, and less, it's shoddy compared to uh, Uncut Gems. But that's, but if you want to see just like, it's like, it's like, okay, if you really, if you love, uh, if you love this band, go and check out their basement tapes before they were really good and you'll see where it's going. <laughs> I'll give you another example. Yeah. Moby. Moby, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Right. Listen to early Moby Underground. Right. It's. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. It's, it's intense and weird and yeah, like. That's where you're going to find that shit. Bam, 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 and like Moby got so sophisticated later, you know? Yeah. Right. Oh, so, and I so, wanted to throw my my little bit. By the way, while we were talking about that's so I just funny. To throw this out. My one little bit of research for this. My brother uh, used to be a. Oh, sorry. Go oh, sorry. Good, good. Tell Eric. Go ahead. Tell you. Finish he it. used to be a bartender at a place in Portchester in the eighties, oh. and and the house DJ was Moby. Uh, <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. That's great. There, Moby did Moby, who's a very famous hardcore vegan, hardcore vegan. He did a uh, this. I got. I can't remember the movie. It's a Canadian vampire spoof film. <laughs> very, funny. very funny. Uh-huh. Uh, um, and he plays he plays a a hard rock guy called the Meat Something, and they throw raw meat at people <laughs> in the audience. That's amazing. <laughs> and I think of all people, oh, it's that, Moby, and he's Moby. like super aggressive, which that's is funny great. because Moby is always such a. Uh, mild personality yeah. like, no wait, that's not that can, McMonkey man that cannot be true that Moby's brother is Andy Dick there is no wow way. I hope that's true though <laughs> if that is true I want a proof I, I want a link yeah, that's true like, I, I, will, I, I will wear yeah. a t-shirt that says that <laughs> Moby's brother is Andy Dick he has a great t-shirt oh uh, Moby oh uh, god <laughs> Moby Dick get it oh. <laughs> I got so, sucked into the worst, okay. the worst, We're all there. <laughs> the worst joke. Okay. Anyway, um, so I do want to throw in there my one bit of research that I think you guys will appreciate is uh, uh, they're the Safety Brothers. Their philosophy in terms of uh, uh, they talk about their art and their film uh, in terms of um, modernist architecture and specifically uh, uh, Louis Sullivan. Yeah, uh, one of my favorites. And uh, and their great their, their their great uncle or something like this uh-huh. is this fellow named uh, uh, Moshe uh, Safdie, and he, oh Moshe Safdie, who is an oh architect, really? Moshe Safdie. Yes. <laughs> he's he's, a, he's yes. really good. Yes, he's a very famous architect. I, I didn't realize he's the same person. Yeah, he's a, uh, and, uh, and he's and uh, he was an apprentice to uh, Louis Kahn. Yes, so, yeah, he like, was. Uh, it's, I know who he is. My grandfather yeah. worked with Louis Kahn. Yeah, Moshe Safdie is. Yeah, I didn't realize it's the same family. I, I thought I'd get that cherry. Oh, uh, you uh, pull like, that out. Uh, that's yeah, a pretty good one. That's that is good. a that's big so, deal. Uh, okay, yeah, new respect. Yeah, completely new respect. Yep, completely new respect. It's like oh, who is it? Who am I thinking of? Um, uh, what's his name? Um. Uh, the guy, uh, the guy from uh, Beastie Boys. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Horowitz. Yeah, Adam Horowitz. Adam Horowitz. His yeah. grandfather is like the very famous Philharmonic uh, uh, conductor. Yeah, right. Yeah, you could say it's, there's there's a through line. There's through line. Yeah. But I was I was very I was I was very happy that they were like they it wasn't just novelty for them like that's that's part of their philosophy. Like modernist architecture is what is how they think about stuff. Uh, the, yeah. Well. So okay. So new respect. New respect. 
You know who another uh, um, another uh, uh, brothers, two brothers who I've I've been fascinated by architecture and designers. Is you, you guys heard of Kareem Rashid? You said this yeah. name before, but I don't know who this Kareem Rashid, famous uh, industrial designer. He's designed like famous vacuum cleaners and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, but he's very kind of and like he's a big deal. So, like just look up Kareem Rashid. Very famous. And his brother, Hani Rashid, is someone who I find even more interesting. He's an architect. And I was like, just the, the, those two guys are. When you find creative juices flowing through a family tree, it mm. becomes very. Yeah, it's nifty. Yeah, it's super cool. That's I didn't cool. realize it. Oh I didn't either. But I know my sister has his books because she loves them. Yeah. That's so great. So, yeah, I thought you guys would appreciate That's that. really strange. That's pretty fun. It's pretty fun. That yeah, does yeah. put another whole spin on it. A whole new spin on things. And that's great because, you know, honestly, and here's the thing, and we talked about this during our Columbus episode, the importance of architecture and how architecture, telling the story of architecture, architecture can be so boring. Like, <laughs> really, really boring. And or. It won't, or it cannot be, right? But there's a way, and this is the thing that I think, what, what I get fascinated with in architecture school is and this was mainly and I got to say this was mainly uh, uh, influenced from uh, one of my advisors Lars Lerup, uh, who's retired now, uh, but he was great. Is he got me excited about the narrative of architecture? Right? Mm-hmm. There's something yeah. about saying telling stories within architecture mm-hmm. because think about what an architect actually does. They design the space, and that's all good and fine, et cetera, et cetera. But what they really do is they tell the story, story. of the space. <laughs> yeah. Right. That is what you do. And so when you go to, so what happens when you're in architecture school is it's like, here's your assignment. You're giving a thing, let's say you're designing a library and here's the restrictions of the, you can do this plot or that plot, whatever the thing is. You have some thing that you're, you're, you're allowed to do. And then so you design it and then you present your presentation to a jury that gives you critique on how you did all they're doing is critiquing your presentation. Mm-hmm. You have to tell a compelling story. Right. Your job is to tell a compelling story. It almost doesn't matter what you designed is mm-hmm. if the thread works. And yeah. So it's a very that, filmic thing to say right there. There it is. It's yeah. absolutely yeah. right. And it's also a very, what's different from film is that it's a nonlinear story. Mm-hmm. meaning it can start or end at any point in time. There's right. multiple journeys through the space mm-hmm. and you have to be able to tell that narrative where however people, you approach, right. however you approach it, right. you can see it from a different perspective right. and it becomes a different experience. And then you can say, Oh, so it's kind of like presenting 17 meals to someone and say, here's all these 17 meals and you, they all work together, but you can go from this course, to that course, middle of the table, whatever you want to do. And, and, and so it's kind of this very interesting thing. So architecture can be a good narrative experience for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think this is definitely true. And also, you know, if shot well, a beautiful experience. <laughs> yeah, sure. No doubt. So, yeah, I didn't know that. Oh my God, wish of safety. <laughs> so there you go. That's it's like, like part of me feels like this, like, Oh, I should have known. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so like it's, it'd be, I, I would, it's like, why connect these two things? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty yeah, great. Now I want to meet them. <laughs> they're, they're I want to get them on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, they're fascinating dudes. No doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt about it. Maybe I'll, 
You know, I'm not afraid to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to go for it, man. How do how do I you let's see, how do I how do I how do I how do I get in touch with the, the Safety brothers and ask them about architecture and filmmaking? That's it, dude. I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah, have them have them on to talk job. about Columbus. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I want fantastic. you to talk about a film that's about architecture. Yeah, or talk okay. about a Jacques Tati film. That yeah, exactly. Dude. That'd be that'd be incredible. We got we got room in this cab. We can do this. Look at this. this well, yeah, we just compress a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I'll sit back. Well, yeah, we'll have. Well, sorry. So I'll go this way. Uh, or, how, yeah. yeah, see. Yeah, someone go here. One of the Safety brothers will be where Adam Sandler is, and then yeah. someone right between us here, right, right here. Yeah, be the other Safety brother. There you go. Yeah, or we'll have to, or we'll have to have back. They'll be in front of us, of course. Of, yeah, yeah. Front seat. Front seat. <laughs> front seat. Well, excellent work, fellas. That was Chris, lovely. You should try that. You should try to get them on for your show. I'm not afraid to try anything. Why not, man? Make the bet. Take the money and lay it down. Yeah. I'm going to take this $155,000. Just put it Put it all on the Safety Brothers. That's cool. Before we go, I do want to make a nod to Jason, who made the excellent joke of the man trap joke, which is by referring to the Star Trek episode, The Man Trap. I got it. I couldn't figure out a way to loop it into the conversation. I just want to make not to. I'm with you, brother. (laughs) Also, we'll thank Jason for joining in again for another month on subscription. Jason, you're awesome. You are uh, by far our most uh, loyal fan, and and we really appreciate you uh, being us and championing this this podcast and, and, and just being there for us and uh, being part of our family. So absolutely. uh, And of course, if you guys, we could several of the guys on the. If you guys aren't don't know it, several of the people that are are uh, uh, on this chat um, uh, are absolutely uh, always involved on Discord. Uh, if and nothing less, the framed always gets this conversation going every morning. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but uh, but you definitely join our Discord. I'm going to jo- drop it in the chat real quick again. Uh, yeah, if, you, if you're not part of our Discord, please uh, please join up. Please, uh, and if you happen to subscribe as well here then you can be part of these subscribers lounge um, uh, on our discord where we talked about all the juicy stuff, but it's a fun yeah. place. And it's also as uh, McLucky man pointed out, I was very happy uh, that it's a very positive film place. It's not like most other discords. Oh, uh, we don't bitch about like, yeah, it's this not just the fucking sucks, factory. The... No, no, we love everything. Yeah, it's, we it's love everything. Great. It's very true. Very true. It's very active, we... positive, uh, good experience. So please feel free to jump, jump in. So I did. I apologize. A few weeks back, I did somebody, I made a fake movie and somebody tried to look it up. <laughs> don't don't apologize. Okay, so here's the thing. More of that. If you guys don't know like, Eric, oh, if you dude, guys I'm don't so know sorry. Eric, which you should, you obviously do should know Eric. Eric, if something, if he types something down or says something out of his mouth, there is a 90% chance that it's a sarcastic remark. 90 percent chance it's true. i don't know about right. 90 yeah but he's being sarcastic it's like... <laughs> right so uh which is something that i've gotten to used to over but but he did put he did put down some jokey movie that he did there which i knew was a joke uh but the thing also what i've learned the uh which is uh, which is good is that when eric says something completely outrageous that's clearly a sarcastic joke mm-hmm. go with it and just pretend roll. it's true. Yeah, just roll and just roll with it. <laughs> and instead you of going ha ha, if you do, if you do, if you just go ha ha, it you've lost all the potential. No, yes, yeah, yeah. You have to go with it 
and then it develops and gets better and better and it's better. It's like you're eating a persimmon. You don't yeah, feel no, no. persimmon. No, it's, it's, like, persimmon. it's like taking the money from the bet and then rolling it over into another bet. Put it on. Huh? Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> always. Always. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a surefire bet. That's a surefire bet. That's a surefire bet. Surefire bet. Well, excellent, fellas. Thank you, everybody in chat. That was that great. was a good show. That was a good, good show. That was a great show. Okay, quick announcement for all of you loyal fans that are still here. We may have a sneaky episode in the middle of the week because I will be gone for two Saturdays in Portugal, and I may we may have to record an extra episode to stay on track on things. So yes. stay tuned on our Discord. Keep track. We may say it's like, all right, there's going to be a podcast coming out, and if you guys can join us, that'd be great. I know it. Some of the might be late for you guys, but we'll try to throw one in there. Uh, to do that, and we would love to have it. If you guys want to hear a specific episode, throw it in, obviously in our suggestion box or, or our suggestion channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we may we may have to record one extra episode next week uh, uh, to do it in there. But for now, this has been amazing and uh, and uh, uncut gems, uh, a movie that I was very reluctant to watch, and then when I watched it, was unbelievably impressed and. Uh, We've talked about it for quite a bit and then said we should actually just do a full on episode about it. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. That's a good one. Very flavorful. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a multi flavorful parlay. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Parlay. Parlay. <laughs> that's right. It's uh, a delicious it. matzo ball, that movie. Yeah, that's right. That's very true. All right. Okie doke. Are we ready to do it? Yes, yeah. we are. All right. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.